Hi, welcome to episode. Episode nine. Episode, episode nine. Yeah, episode nine. 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 <laughs> apropos. Are, are we going to insult the <laughs> Germans right. today? Oh, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. We insult. It's everybody. election day. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is going to be, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's the last election day. <laughs> it is the last election day of, before of, the end of time. Before, before the, that's before it. Before the end of the of America. <laughs> Season finale. Trump's final solution. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I haven't and even... you insulted the Germans. Nailed it. That was wrapped it up real fast there. All right, good podcast, guys. Wait, that's not a German insult. To... That's a Nazi insult. <laughs> I mean, they were German. Though. He did not yes. see that coming. Oh! <laughs> oh! Uh, uh, BJ, did he get the, the BJ, matchstick? BJ, you're officially fired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, Already? this went from, uh, this is now the bad pun stick. You have to hold that. All right, that. fine. I'll, yeah. I'll hold you have to stick that up your ass. <laughs> Oh, right, so, oh, hold on, saucy. hold on, hold on. I didn't even say what, what fucking podcast this uh, is. Yeah, nine nobody's listening. It doesn't matter. Yeah, just reset. That's it. fair. Hi. Welcome to episode nine of Medicine for the Dead. <laughs> so today we have a guest. Everyone, you got to give me some space. For, I need like a couple minutes to set this up. <laughs> just a couple minutes. All right. So our guest today is a musician from the Maryland vicinity. I think that's right. Yes. You can just shake, shake yes. once for you. Okay. Can they see that on the radio? They can't see that on the radio. <laughs> so me and this person have interacted several times before we actually met. So the first time, I was thir- 14 years old. I'm old. This is also getting really weird. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's going to get weirder, too. Just, just roll it's with it. It's a dark fine. closet. <laughs> Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's Seven fine. minutes in heaven. Yeah. Still scarred. <laughs> Well, no, I th- no, I I, th- I think I've got the the clock wrong. The first time was my buddy. We were in his car, you know, in the '90s when those stereos would like literally explode, and like there was this music, and I fucking was like, "This band's fucking awesome," and it just like made like speakers just distort when they're under that much pressure, and it's awesome. And I just have like, hey, 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 you can't, you can't. That was that was a te- that was a teaser. That's what you call it. All eighty-two people to listen to this are gonna be like, "Well, I know exactly oh, what the no, fuck no, this no, is." No, wait, 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 it's that douche yeah so (laughs) that was my first memory of of this person the second memory was when i was 14 you played a show at the montgomery county state fair oh yeah it was raining i don't i wasn't there oh this is why this is important to me okay yeah so you know who was there my girlfriend at the time you know what she did? She fucking cheated on me at oh. your show. Not with me, though. Not with you, no. Man, God damn it. Oh, That's really God. where I thought that was going, and I was so excited. No, I kind of was, too, and I was like, do you have a picture so I can remember? <laughs> was she good? <laughs> so what, what that did, though, was it, it, we went back into my friend's car, and the, the songs were still going, and I was like, fuck this guy. <laughs> But that, it wasn't me. It wasn't you. <laughs> it was just a, it was a proximity thing. It yeah. was fine. And the third thing was um, uh, when I was 18, I won a battle of the bands, right? And your manager was there. And we started talking about stuff. And, of course, my 18-year-old brain went like, ah, rock star, instantly. And then that didn't work out. So I was like, fuck that guy again. <laughs> and then I calmed down. It was fine for many, many, many years. And then uh, my band played with your band somewhere. And I finally got to meet you like as a grown-up for the first time. And uh, that's when I told you the, the story about my girlfriend cheating on me in Ocean City, Maryland, in a shitty fucking... <laughs> anyway, Mr. Jimmy Haha is here. Yay! That's when we, you clap now. Clapping, clapping, clapping. It should be sounds of crickets. Oh, well, or that's tinnitus. What, that's what you're hearing. <laughs> you're I, hearing. Tinnitus sounds. 
You know, it's funny. In my right ear, I just realized that, like, I was listening to a record, and I was like, why does the right sound so, like, low on treble? So I flipped the headphones, and I was like, there's just no treble in that ear anymore. It's gone. <laughs> it's all gone. <laughs> all gone, all gone. You don't need treble anyway. It's fine. No. All about the bass. My friend wrote that song. Really? Yeah, Kevin Kadish from Maryland. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He used to come to my house and play his songs, man. He was a great songwriter. Yeah. That's and, she, yeah. I thought she wrote that. No, no. No. You mean that pop stars don't write all their own material? <laughs> all the time. Okay. So, Jimmy. Yeah. Let's get back to the beginning of this thing. Okay. How the hell did you start being an artist or a musician or whatever you want to? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I just, I guess I was always, I always did art. And then I always, I, I, I thought I was going to be an artist. And then when I was about tw- 10, I started to, my mom had a guitar. She got me a little guitar and I got a book. And I went E, 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 F, F, F. And I was like, fuck that. I don't want to play guitar. <laughs> but my cousin got a, a, a bright red Fender Mustang one Christmas. And I was like, Ooh. that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like, I want that Christmas present. I don't know what it does. And he played Blackbird <laughs> on it. And he is, uh, my cousin Pat is the reason I ended up wanting to play guitar. And so at about 12, I started playing my mom's guitar. And then I, there was a, I would just, it was Black Sabbath. It was, yeah, I was just like, I want to learn these songs, you know. And, and so, yeah, it's it right about then I started going to a guy called the Guitar Man, and it was this guy Tom Kruzberg and uh, and Mark Izzy, and you'd pay ten bucks for half an hour, and you bring in a record, and they'd just figure the record out in front of you, and and show you how to play it. Really? And they'd write some simple like weird tablature. It wasn't even tablature. Uh, Tom Cruzberg was a phenomenal uh, like flamenco player, and his son actually was my roommate. I've done a bunch of music with him, Todd Cruzberg, who's just a virtuoso. He's been playing since he was four. But yeah, that that got me into playing music, and you know, I mean, buying albums at record exchanges and laying in your bed and reading all the liner notes. I was like, turn the speakers. I want to do that. I just don't. Whatever my parents are doing, I don't want to do that. I want to do what these guys are doing so yeah it's a good choice yeah it worked out so far yeah 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 that's uh, far anyway, it's going pretty good <laughs> <sighs> uh, hold on where's my list of things hold on. i had some stuff never mind none of that's gonna work so when i think of anything that you do like it's always curious is the i was like all day today i was like look listen to things and think about things and like lyrics and things and like everything you do just has like a vibe to it that like curious is the word that comes curious. to mind nice like you're all just everything's so like seventh chordy and like funky, but like I don't know what that means. Seventh I don't know what either. Matt, you're the theory expert. I'm not getting in. <laughs> Whatever the fuck bullshit you just what said. Well, the Beatles chord. use a lot of seventh chords for <clears throat> our listeners. That's fair. And harmonies too. They like harmonies. You like harmonies? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like music. <laughs> I, I just don't know anything about music. <laughs> I literally have no yes. clue. I mean, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I feel so awkward right now. I can't, I can't <laughs> not give it, I'm a nerd. So yeah, but like, see, I, and I always, yeah. I, I, sometimes I've always wished that I learned theory, but I, I, at a really young age, I remember going, all right, I'm not going to learn these songs because, you know, I figured out how to, after, after doing that thing with the, the, the guitar man, and I figured out how to, you know, figure out songs by ear. But then I was like, well, these guys didn't, have this record by playing other people's songs so Mm -hmm. i was just like all right well then i'm just gonna play my own songs and start making them now and then i never was much of a student so the theory kind of thing just 
was not going to happen. I was, I, I, and I still, I'm, I'm kind of glad I never learned it because I know I do things wrong. And my friend Todd Kruzberg, he would come up sometimes and he'd be like, I could never let myself do what you're doing right now. And it's so wrong, but it's actually right in a w- weird way. You know what I mean? No, well, totally. Your ear, your ear knows theory. What? Your ear tells you, this is what I want this to sound like. There's not a fucking thing wrong with that. Well, in and the there's, whole goddamn and there's world. nothing wrong. There's <laughs> yeah. no way you can. It's just like art. There's no mis- Like there's no exactly. way that you can do anything wrong. So I would actually try to pick, like come up with a two finger chord that sounded so absolutely wrong and then write a song around it because I was like, well, that's a challenge. This is such a weird sounding thing and it sounds wrong right away. So why not turn it into what sounds and right? There's nothing about that. That's not music theory. I mean, t- like tension and then the value of tension and then whatever you write around that you, you had to, your ear had to say, okay, this makes me uncomfortable. It's building something and that you, it led you to some, yeah, yeah. some other element of it. And then you, you add, um, you know, concepts that fall into that both, you know, like lyrically and musically like yeah. that's fucking theory. It just, it's just vocabulary. Who gives right. a shit? At that right. Point? And, like, and that, and that was it. It was learning a language. Yeah. in a way like without learning the the grammar yeah yeah <laughs> basically hey, I'm, I'm, out. I'm real bad at that <laughs> shit <so>. it's <laughs> funny too when you write songs from that place i did the same thing like i never learned it shit i just sort of was like well that sounds cool yeah, yeah. and then right. when somebody with a theory brain like pulls your song apart it's like well fuck you <laughs> i don't want to know it's, i don't want to know it's what not it did. my fault that i know the things that you're doing better than you do i'm sorry about that well i remember i went to i went to pg community college i called it 13th grade for like two weeks and I went to for music and I remember sitting down with the guy who was the guitar teacher and going okay I've been writing songs since I was like you know 13 and I just want to understand what I'm doing he said well first of all you have you're holding the pick wrong this is and not like, gonna work out I'm like <laughs> I'm this, gonna not this, see you next week. This shit's really not gonna happen. So I remember going. Maybe I probably went to him two or three times, and 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 he kept saying I was holding my pick wrong. And I remember thinking exactly what you said. Yeah, this this is not gonna work out for me. And I always wanted to pull our tour bus up there and be like, still holding my pick like this, bitch. <laughs> see, so the the interesting thing about that. So BJ gives me a lot of shit for for my background musically in that way but I kind of did the same thing so I'm an electric bass player and when I went to college there was no electric bass degree that wasn't a thing you right, could do of course do. not yeah um but I didn't give a fuck so I got into the school on on guitar and then I was like explain to them that I played bass and I'm not a good guitar player and then just kind of fucking weaseled my way into an undergrad degree um, where technically I was still playing guitar but I took all my lessons on bass and I played all the ensemble concerts and I played all my recitals and I I applied everything to what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I did catch shit for that. Like I definitely was like, like a black sheep in a certain way because I was in a classical... But it was original as hell. Well, and the thing is, I was fucking gigging. Yeah. Those people were like yeah. going to class and I'm like, have yeah. fun in class. I'm going to go make money and pay my fucking rent. Like I, like I didn't have a real job anymore and I was real fucking happy about yeah. that and you just kept doing that. And then being able to put the 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 calculation of the vocabulary to it was just like, just because it's fun for me. Like I was like, Oh cool. This is a thing that I like the way it sounds, or I heard this on a record or whatever. And now I can decode that, but that still doesn't change that my ear wanted it. And so so that was a thing I think that I've appreciated the most about not knowing is that it's still a fucking mystery to me. I look at the guitar and it's literally lines that go horizontally and lines that (laughs) intersect vertically. (laughs) And I have no fucking clue what they do. And it's funny because I was playing a song that I wrote 20 years ago the other day and I was like I wonder how I would play that in first position which is funny for me to even say first position right right but I was like oh 
and and pe- when people uh, like there's we have a song called Outhouse, and, and it was started out by our, our old guitar player Jim McDonough. I remember it going, oh, that's a really cool. It's just two notes, ding 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 ding, and then I kind of built on that. But people were like, when they see me play it, they're like, what the fuck? Because you could play it literally with one finger the whole song. <laughs> And it just move up and down the fretboard, but people are like, "Oh, I played it like this," and like, well, that's why it sounded wrong, right? Because yeah. you were playing it correctly, <laughs> or the way no, you probably should have. Correctly is the fucking way exactly. you played it. It's your fucking right. song. But, but yeah. it was so. It's really funny, like that. I always like that mystique about it is that I don't, I still don't know, and I, th- I think had I known, I might have not been interested. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, like, I need it to be a mystery, and if it's not, no, I'm not. No, no, no. Man, it's boring. funny because like one of the first times I was talking to Matt Jones, I asked him about one of your tunes. I think it was a. Uh, this is not hell, and I was like, "How the fuck did you come up with that riff?" And Good Matt tune. was like, "Yeah, he just wanted his fingers to go in a line." Yeah, no, so I, <laughs> I was all, like, that's, that's all "It was is. diagonal lines," and I wrote a song about taking LSD. And it, but it was funny. <laughs> I was sitting in our kitchen eating a pizza, and and five minutes later, I had a song, and I was laughing because like the lyrics <laughs> and all of it just came out like. It was like a weird carnival song. <laughs> and, then, and then we put it on a record, and I, I forget who it was in the Washington Post. They said that it was bad poetry. And I was like, <laughs> Nailed yes. it. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. They called you a poet. Thank oh. you. I'm a bad poet. I'll fucking take it. You meant bad. Like, fucking bad. Bad ass. <sighs> All right. So, off that, what was your. So, you learned how to play, learned that you didn't want to learn how to play. Right. And then, when did you start? Like, what was the band? What was your first band you were in? Uh, 10 times big. And it was, I was just, I just graduated high school probably six months after that. My, my best friend, Steve Fisher came home and he was like, Hey man, I was just in a studio and I, and these guys, I I did some keyboards and they need a singer. And so that night I wrote lyrics to the song that they recorded and it was called, uh, the hell was it called? Fuck Donald Uh, Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, uh, unfamiliar ground, and I wrote it about um, like the kid on the side of a milk jug that you know got kidnapped or something. So anyway, that was my my um, my audition was to go in the studio the next day, and I just sang the lyrics, and they're like, "You're our singer." <laughs> <laughs> and so that was ten times big. That was 1987, and we were together for five years, and we always we played all originals. The only two covers we did were. Just Like Heaven by uh, The Cure and uh, The End of the World as, as We Know It by R.E.M. But we were an all-original band. And, and at the time, in Annapolis and kind of D.C. Baltimore scenes, I mean, obviously there's original bands, there's original scene, but we didn't know anything about it. Right. We were just like, we're, we're just going to play our own tunes. And so, yeah, five years, we almost got ended up getting signed, and we ended up playing with like Psychedelic Furs, Smithereens, Flock of Seagulls, Violent Femmes, we'd open up for bands like those in the 80s. Yeah. Well, well, hold on now. What was, was Flock of Seagulls like cool? And was their hair like... He still had the hair. Yeah, okay. he was, <laughs> and he wasn't totally like uh, fat at that point. Yeah, but. so did this the end of the 80s? Yeah, this yeah. late mid to late 80s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so I mean, we, we did well. We would play the old 930 Club. We played Hammerjacks. We, you know, did DC Baltimore in Annapolis scene, but then played up in New York and then down to like Carolinas and stuff and Georgia went and played the 40 watt club, you know, but it was, it was a totally bizarre, different time, like a whole different lifetime. Like, yeah, it was, it's wild to think about it, but yeah, so that was my first band. And then 
after that, it was like, it, <laughs> it's actually really fun. Best, best rock lesson ever. We were, we were at the 930 Club, headlining the 930 Club, and uh, this band was opening up for us. They're like, Jerry Harrison's coming to, this, to the gig tonight. Jerry Harrison from Talking Heads. And we're like, oh, that's cool. Some band is, they're looking at some band. They're starting a new record label called Radioactive Records. So this band called Public Affection was, was uh, on the bill. And they did a sound check. And I'm like, man, that guy's, his voice sounds kind of like Cat Stevens or whatever. And they were kids, teenagers. And I remember going to their dressing room before they were playing. I was like, hey, you want to smoke this? And they're like, we don't smoke. I was like, you want to drink a beer? No, we don't drink. I was like, you don't smoke, don't drink. What do you do? <laughs> They didn't get the, the adamant <laughs> reference, but uh, <laughs> but their name was Public Affection. I remember going, your band name kind of sucks. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm a straight up guy, and and it was right around the time of Public Enemy too. And I was like, right. Public Affection. Yeah. Anyway, they play, and they were really tight for a young band. I mean, they were kids. And uh, at, at oh, there's the train. The train. Yeah. Yes. So it was really funny that. We're down in the dressing room. They're finishing up, and these people, are, they're hanging out with us. They're like, give it up already, because the band's playing the song. They're like, give it up. We want to hear you guys play. And the reason they were saying give it up is because the song was going, give it up, give it up. So <laughs> six months later, after five years of my band, my band is broken up. Lonnie Fisher, who was a bass player, he, was, he started Ultra World Raves in Baltimore and stuff and mm -hmm. uh, opened up the sonar. But... Uh, Band was broken up six months later, and I hear this song on the radio, Give It Up, Give It Up. And they're like, that's the new band from York, Pennsylvania called Live. <laughs> I was like, they changed their fucking name. <laughs> and, and, but it, the thing was it, was, it was a rock lesson. It was like, these people were making fun of them. And, you know, we thought we had earned our time, and those guys were like, Bam. And it was just like, oh, this is music reality. Yeah, yeah. You know? And our band's fucking done, and these kids are now touring all over the place. So it was really funny. Years later, we toured with them, and I, I, I asked them if they remembered that gig, and they were like, that was you? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still good friends with Pat, and they're just, it was just, but it was really interesting. That was like that, a, a, an interesting lesson. So yeah, two years off, and then started Chicken Shack. So how'd that start? Uh, well, Jim McDonough was in a band called Ghost in the Graveyard, and he used to play with us at the old Safari Club in D.C., which was right across the street from the strip club. And great band. He's, uh, he's just a naturally phenomenal guitar player. He went to Peabody for a little bit. But we just started playing acoustically and uh, just started writing a bunch of songs. And then our second drummer for Ten Times Big was Jim Chaney, so I was like, I know a guy who plays drums, and you know he'll play congas with us. So he started. We were acoustic duo with a conga player. We play Annapolis, opening for a couple bands at some of the little bars, you know, the like, you know, the all night bar gig type thing. We oh, just yeah. play half an hour and let then they do their thing. And then he's like, I know a bass player, man. He'd be great. And he came in, and we practiced in Jim's house. And the first practice we did, we practiced in his house. And we're playing this song, and it's like, and we're raging. This fucking music is, and and we were raging so hard that the drop ceiling in his mom's house fell. Yes, fucking, it fell. There was dust everywhere, and every panel where we were standing popped out, and then everywhere else was the was the ceiling at our knees. And and I was like, that song's badass. And so we called this song "When the Roof Caves In," and. And but I, I told them after our first practice, I said we're gonna get signed, and they're like, dude, you're fuck, you're full of shit. And I was like, nope, 
we're gonna we're gonna get signed. We're, I promise you, I will make sure of it. And so yeah, then I we made a record within. We had a record bef before we were banned for six months. We had a, a really good record called Chicken Scratch, and we wanted to be on Discord, but we weren't a Discord kind of band. And I read an article, and Ian, Ian Mackay was like, if I don't know you and you're not from D.C., don't send me your record. Make your own label. And I was like, okay, fuck it. So I was like, and Lonnie, uh, our old bass player, said we should call ourselves Jimmy's Chicken Shack because we had three guys named Jimmy, mm -hmm. and we would always call Weed Chicken. And so we're like, cool. And he was reading, you know, Malcolm X's biography. That's where he got it from. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to start my own label. So I drew up a thing, Foul Records, F-O-W-L, and made it look like a chicken head. And I was like, all right, now we have a label. <laughs> and we put out our record. And then eventually that, that label ran for 10 years and put out a bunch of other bands. And it was weird. It's funny how it all happened. And it happened really quickly, too. I mean, we were signed within three years of being a band, which... You know, it felt like an eternity in your young 20s when you're young and angry and think you deserve everything in the world. Fucking crazy. <laughs> so that was a good point, too, is, like, I, I made a note of that. Like, you were a total, like, hit the streets, fucking put the flyers up, get in people's faces, like, so bootstrappy aggressive about that whole thing. Like, Well, that's the only way you could do it. So I had a backpack. I would go to, like, skate shops and record stores with our tapes. And, I, I mean, we made all of our own tapes. LSP, Les Lentz at LSP Studios would burn tapes for us and then we'd hand sticker them and we made all the hand labels at at office depot with fucking color copy machines and and then i yeah i, I mean you literally had to physically go to clubs to flyer you had to go to record stores to get your records in there and and you had to be on the phone all day trying to book gigs and that's just it was a whole different world than it is like i couldn't even imagine trying to to break through the way it is now. Like it was, oh, dude, yeah. because then it was, it was really about sweat and, and, and I, maybe the caliber of the music. You know, we, you're right. Yeah. Like if you had something that people would listen to, yeah. all you had to do is just fucking get it to them. And we weren't, we yeah. weren't any certain style. We were kind of across over so many styles. So we, I, you know, I booked the band for the first year and a half and I was like, we're going to play with every cover band. Like, cause uh, you know, an original band, you, there were, there was this attitude, Oh, you don't play with cover bands. I'm like, fuck that. We will <laughs> steal every one of their crowds. And so we played with cover bands, blues bands, punk bands, hardcore bands, pop bands, whatever it was. I'm like, we'll play. And we didn't, you know, I don't give a shit what the money is. We're going to borrow from all of these crowds because we're kind of, we have something for every one of them, at least one song for every one of these you know genres that we're playing with and it worked you know it, it just did totally it was a weird time it was a, a, a very different time too the early and mid 90s were a special time kind of things were blowing up so much so if you really had that if you had a sound that was original and you had enough sweat equity and you could make something happen that's the biggest thing too man is like like that willingness to just jump into whatever like i remember when i like probably like late 90s, like 98, 99, 2000 in there is when I started to like, you know, 17-year-old me was out there fucking trying to do what you did. But things were starting to change and you always come across resistance inside of bands where it's like, no, we're not going to do this. And it's like, well, fuck you. We're going to do that. Want to know why? Because what the fuck else are we going to do? Yeah, yeah. Like, there's, yeah. Why would we ever say no to anything? Like, we have yeah. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Who was ever above anything? Like, why? Well, I, I hated dude, that yeah, attitude. We used to go to concerts all the time, dead shows and stuff. And I remember we brought a flatbed truck to Pink Floyd at RFK and the Grateful Dead at RFK, and we'd just set up in a bunch of bands. We'd just start playing. And we, we had been to 
dead shows. And we were like, well, what the fuck are they going to do? There's all kinds of shit going on. So we, we Well, just, you brought a stage? We brought a fucking flatbed <laughs> trailer and, and, set up and started awesome. playing in the parking lot. And the cops would come by and shut us down. And we'd be like, cool, we won't play. And they'd walk off to go bust a bunch of hippies. And we were like... Bam! And, we started playing again. and I still to this day, there's people like, oh, I saw you open up for Pink Floyd, or I saw you at the Grateful Dead. <laughs> like, oh yeah, the parking lot. Fuck yeah, you yeah, know, <laughs> a hand painted, you know, sheet that we hung from our van, to, you know, whatever van to the trailer. I mean, we did whatever we could to just make people notice us because at that time, that's all you had. There was yeah. no, there wasn't, there was no internet. Yeah, yeah. like fucking chemistry class was for drawing flyers. Yeah, like me and (laughs) the guitar player, we'd be like, "Yeah, no, we're really working on this right now." You know, you like run out and like print it at school and then fucking run it around Uh, everywhere. Dude, in ours we had a we had an internet lab. It was like the beginning, right? Like, you know what? I don't want to be whippersnapper. I don't want to hear that bullshit. Calm down, old guy and older guy (laughs) (laughs) and medium older guy. We're the same. Christian and I are the same age. We had a fucking uh, internet lab and we fucking made our first website for the Lackadaisies, which is your. Previous it's reference. a great name. Yeah. And uh, our fucking on GeoCities, we'd be in there and the teacher would come by and you'd like, fucking swap the thing. Oh, I was definitely doing my lesson. Come back. <laughs> like big fucking middle finger on the thing. <laughs> uh, it's good oh, GeoCities. <laughs> <laughs> that was a cool time, though. I mean, I, I, you know, I think about growing up, because I was born in 68, but just growing up kind of in the 70s. and then, But music really took over in the 80s for me. And then like the 90s, like that period of time. It was it was a special it was a little special sliver of fucking time. Like yeah. we all understand the idea of going to a show and getting kicked in the head, and that being a great night. And it was yeah. fucking awesome. It was yeah. amazing. The more blood, the better. There, 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 <laughs> and then it was gone. It was gone in an instant where that just became passe, and people didn't want to be intruded upon their space. And we're like. No, I want to fucking coalesce with the blood of my brothers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you well, know, no, it's, just, I mean, it's so like you could cool. see it happen in real time too. Like you were, you you found this music, and you're like, yeah, nobody that you knew in school fucking listened to it. You're like, yeah. and then like people that would never have talked to you are suddenly listening to that record, and you're like, it's gone. Now. I, look, my hair stand up on my arms. I'm thinking about <laughs> the scene in in the, in the nineties. The, the, Ten times big used to play with Almighty Senators, and then Ch- Chicken Shack used Warmos, to. And man, that's my boy. I mean, I just remember seeing them play, and I remember one time we played at the Eight by Ten, and it was so hot in there that the 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 the, the, the heat, the sweat was con. It was there was condensation on the ceiling, and it was raining sweat on us. <laughs> and they used to have this beer trough to catch the beers from the balcony, and people would jump off the balcony while we were playing. And first of all, the fucking eight by ten was a ramshackle building. And that place was so, fucking awesome. So the whole crowd would be jumping on the second floor, and the entire building was moving. And then people would dive off the fucking balcony. So my buddy Brian Wagner, who was a singer and a player from Underfoot, was hanging off the the beer trough. And and a couple other people were, and the entire thing ripped off of the, <laughs> yes. the balcony. And while we're playing the song, these motherfuckers, without missing a beat, the whole crowd is like a popcorn machine, like an air popper. <laughs> and the, they just start passing this 12-foot beer trough out the front door and threw it in the middle of East Cross Street. And I was just like, and, and while it was happening, I was like, I'm so lucky to be alive. Right? <laughs> this is magic. And you would go out on the street 
and you would feel that energy of Baltimore back in the in the nineties. You'd be like, "There is something fucking amazing going on," and no one knows about because all the touring bands, the national touring bands, would always skip Baltimore. They would hit, always hit DC, but they would always skip Baltimore. It was like a few of the dirtier bands would come to Baltimore, and and the scene in Baltimore back then was just fucking magical. Dude, we didn't have a venue yet either. It was like I remember was it the garage that was here, right? The, no, the garage was, uh, that was the old Roxy. The garage be- was what the Roxy was in D.C., right on that corner was in that D.C. D.C.? It was called the garage. That was, that was the, it used to be the Roxy in the 80s. It was a, mostly a reggae club. And it, was, it wasn't just rock and roll either. So, oh, yeah. Like Carl Flipiak, that's when his, oh, yeah. his fusion career took off. And fucking Mike Stern, everybody, like all those folks were coming to fucking Baltimore yeah. specifically because there was a scene in Baltimore. Like it was, it was all It was happening. so ridiculously cool. And, and everybody, we started a thing called the Maryland Music Association, or I think it was something like that. And it was me and Chris Keith, and and a bunch of bands, Kelly Bell and mm. and Lizzie, who just passed away yep. a fucking week ago. Um, we all would we basically pulled together. We would ha- we we had a, one meeting. We were like, look, man, we're all in this together. We don't need competition. And that was the one thing about the scene then. It was like there was no competition. It was all everybody was like, fuck. We are all pushing each other up. We're all going to elevate each other. And together, you know, the, the, all uh, the tide rises. All you know, all boats rise with the tide, kind of thing. And mm. it was. It was a special, special time, man. It was, and and I, honestly, I don't. If it wasn't for that kind of all those little variables happening, doesn't matter how good our music was or how motivated we were. I don't think it would have ever happened in a different time. No, that know? was such a raw era too. Like I remember growing up in that, and like you know, Teen Spirit hit me in the face, and I was like, "Well, I'm gonna change everything I'm doing <laughs> now and do fucking this forever." Yeah. <laughs> and then everything else, like it was just everything just got more like the intensity, like plateaued in like 96 97 and then it like this something changed and then it went the other way and it like yeah. cool music stayed but it wasn't like where when, it was before it was funny so like for me growing up in the south and doing that like north carolina jam band scene thing, uh, like, mexicano I yeah and I, I did like the like smile fest and mag fest in florida and all that whole run of shit and um, I mean, there was never any money in any of that. That festival at Raleigh where they're all the streets. Yes. Oh, dude. God, I love that shit. And, and, and I, I, I didn't, I didn't care. I didn't, I just wanted to be in that as long as I could be. And I was unaware that it was going away. Like I, I graduated high school in 97. So I was just like oh, starting right. to be aware of doing it as it was going away. There was something in North Carolina. I don't, I, I have dreams about it. And I remember, but man, there was this festival out in the middle of nowhere. And I just remember you having to hike to it and dude that's Smile Fest in Union uh, North it it's have, a middle of nowhere yeah it must have been it because we did it a couple times and it, and it, and it, it almost feels like it, it wasn't real yeah, it's like so it was desolate. so free yeah. and, and, and I remember just being like this is we've died and gone to yeah. heaven so I, I played that <laughs> festival twice once um, uh, right before Bela Fleck like when Bela's they were just exploding during that time period. Oh, yeah. And then um, before, uh, who's the really young blues guy? The, the, oh, Gib Droll? Uh, no. no. Kenny Wayne. Kenny Wayne Shepard. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, he was 15. Him and him and uh, Johnny Lang, they both came out 15 years yeah, yeah, old. Yeah. We played shows with them. Oh. That, that scene, that, that North Carolina. Oh, did we reach tequila time? Oh, Am I allowed? <laughs> <laughs> I, I've already had three shots. So I, don't know. <laughs> I think you already have to hold the drunk stick. But that, that whole scene was like, it, it was beautiful. And there, there wasn't, it wasn't like we were kids, so we weren't yeah. making any money. But it was like, there we was just follow for now. Follow for now, which was like the young kids. It was like the young Fishbone from Athens, Georgia. There was Ant-Man B. There was Gib Droll. 
there was I mean, there's so many good things I, we used to play at the in the 80s at the metro in richmond and right across the street from the metro was guar's studio yes. so we would always end up playing Freaking a night guar. after guar did and the entire floor <laughs> and stage were just sticky like you would walk and it was just like <laughs> it was just covered in fucking fake blood oh and yeah so there, i mean i really feel like we we lucked out at this moment this glimpse of time that just was magical it really was <sighs> And, and no, it's all gone. And now we're here, yeah, and fucking totally Trump's fucked. our president. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun to watch, too. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to ask, I, I, like, I think we need to address the fact you recently spent a little time in prison or jail. Oh, Facebook jail. Yeah, yeah. You know why I fe- that's what That's what I want to know. It was amazing. So I spent time in Facebook jail because I put the word, what was it? Oh, I, I think I said dumb Oh, I, I know what it was. I, I said, Trump is, I made a comment on somebody's other thread, and, and I said, Trump is not the problem with America. Dumb Americans are the problem with America. That's it? Yep. That's what got you. Huh? I put dumb wow. Americans in some triggered little QAnon shit bag. So I think they have, <laughs> I think they've all gotten together and sent memos they start out. They're like, posting they're, they're, they're like we, know, we know how to get people shut down and get them banned from Facebook. So here's your trigger points and this is how you lure them in. I'm sure that they did it. But it's just bizarre that you can't say dumb American. Like that's literally, you know, against their... Americans are so fucking dumb. Dumb (laughs) as fucking bricks. That's funny too. I got my my first ever Facebook ban or jail or whatever. I somebody posted a picture of a, a, a fucking eight by ten SVT cabinet, and I, I and, tagged, a fly, and a flight of stairs and a flight of stairs, side side. and I, I tagged my old bass player, and I was like, "Hey Scott, I'll fucking kill you," uh, <laughs> and that only got fucking yeah. twenty four hours. Yeah, but dumb Americans got thirty days. Well, I already had wow. my twenty four hour, oh. and, and that's that. You know what? And that was because some politician in Ohio had embezzled money, and and I put. Oh, they'll just slap these white devils on the wrist. And because I put white devil, wow. white devil, they fucking ban me from Facebook. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's so ironic and stupid. That's fucking yeah, stupid. It is. It's, yeah. And well, it's, it's, it's like one of those things with the false equivalency stuff where like uh-huh. they, the, Facebook tries to make it fair yeah. for everybody to go to jail. And it's like, yeah. no, no, I was calling a fascist a fascist. Yeah. And that guy said fucking some horrible goddamn thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, we can't even make up I mean, horrible things because we yeah, would yeah. feel bad about it. The things that I have said on Facebook, <laughs> <laughs> literally, like, dwarf, like, dumb Americans. <laughs> like, I mean, the shit that I've let out of my soul. And it was it was always a sport to me. <laughs> it was always just like, I, I mean, you know, it's that keyboard warrior thing where you're just like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> and catch that adrenaline. The things that adrenaline. I've actually said should have banned me for life. Oh, 100%, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Was... You know, BJ wouldn't know anything about that. That's not really his <laughs> no, style. No, I mean, no, he's no. He's very no. polite. <laughs> I keep, like, I'm, I'm trying to get more scientific with my approach, though. Like, so am I. That's it. It's like, I've, like, like we talked about last time, there's a, a span of time between, like, event and then the, the right all, like, lock-stepping into one fucking message or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And you can calculate it. Like, if something bad happens, you go, all right, this was a bad thing. You just throw it out there on the internet. And then sure enough, they were like, fuck you. And we're not sure why yet. And then they focus. <laughs> we're not and then sure like, why yet. And then fucking Sean Hannity or whatever the fuck Nazi gets on TV and they start talking about stuff. And the next day, sure enough, yeah. they're all like, we got a message yeah. for yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> We've got the bat signal ready to be ignorant. 
I still can't believe the Kenosha thing turned into them supporting him. Like that to me has been the one that was the most. It appalling. was so predictable though. But, yeah, that, that, second, real, no. that that yeah, not even surprising. Wait, but I mean, it's like I just I don't know. I, 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 when I saw it, I was like, oh, I mean, they'll pardon him. They'll probably pardon him, but uh, shit, they're surely going to come to his defense. Right. I mean, come on. Yeah, this is their poster child of douchebag. <laughs> That's so fucking yeah. sad. It is. It's pathetic, but yeah. Uh. All right, we're not ready. It's only, what are we, 35? Oh, we're still doing music? Oh, do I need to tell Christian yeah, to on. talk? <laughs> hey, Christian, you haven't been talking. <laughs> it's 35 minutes! 35 minutes! Yes! Every time. Can I get a, a high five? You can have a high five. You guys are the worst. No. <laughs> ah, there yes! you go. He's just Bam. talked. I can, uh, you he guys registered. Can, I can see Christian's waveform, and it's like flatline. <laughs> no, except for when he well, said that's, no. Well, that's every case. I mean, <laughs> usually, I'm soft-spoken usually, and... You wait know. for your moments, and that's I wait a, for my I moments. Appreciate that. Wait for his moments, or for you to call him out. <laughs> no, or for me or, to be in like a for, slightly down spirit, and then he's all you, over me. For you guys to shut the fuck up and give me a minute. <laughs> oh, oh it's gonna shit! Be, it's gonna be tough. I'm pretty long winded too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's have some more. Well, let's get in the. How'd you get famous? So when did you get signed? Like when did the like the the. The cl- you had like the the classic music moment like right so so w- basically we we had been playing and you know selling records and this guy uh, it's funny well so we had there was this place called the mansion in, in Annapolis and um, our buddy Mike Forjone lived in there with uh, Ruben Dobbs from Swamp Candy and Jim Cullen who works at PRS and they had they had bands and so we played. We did our second record, which our second cassette called Spitburger Lottery there, and that was... Um, what is this cassette you speak of? Yeah, exactly. Uh, we, and we recorded... The first record we did with Straz, which was Almighty Senator's sound guy for 600 bucks at Hound Sound in Baltimore, and then we did $400 for this record in the mansion, and then we, would, we did a couple shows, and they got shut down, but, you know, by the cops and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, that weekend... Uh, um, there was this this guy from England came over and was here for a funeral because his wife is from America and he was, they were in I guess she was in a parking lot somewhere and saw these skateboarder guys and she was like hey, what music's going on they told him about this show at the mansion we had played the night before and Richard went the next night and that was the night it got shut down all my centers were playing anyway they he basically met Mike Forjone and and Mike gave him a bunch of tapes of his band and gave him our tape and you know just showed him what the scene was. About six months later, I get a call from this guy with an English accent saying, hi, um, yeah, my name's Richard Burgess, <laughs> and, and, I, and I've, I've been listening to your record, and I'm like, fuck off. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was a skeptical person. I didn't believe shit. And, and uh, actually, that's exactly what I said when Les Claypool called me to produce our second record. He's like, hi, this is Les Claypool. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> I thought it was a buddy of mine fucking with me. But uh, so anyway, he 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 was like, I really, you know, I like your record, and um, I want to be your manager. And and I had a couple of people wanting to manage us, and I was pretty much managing the band at the time, and I was just skeptical of everybody. And there was a guy who was a partner with the original guy from Hammerjacks who wanted to manage us because we would sell out Hammerjacks, you know, doing all original music. They were like, yeah, we got to get you house so, band, stay forever. <laughs> so you know. He he flew over. He the first time he saw us, we were at um, the on Bleecker Street in New York City, and there was four people in the room and him, <laughs> and it was so quintessentially like movie script bullshit. You know, I was like literally playing to one dude in a room, and he was blown away, and he was just like, 
So it took a year before I really trusted enough to be like, all right. And he said, look, if I don't get you signed within a year, you're out of your contract. So we got a local lawyer and we did that. And we started, you know, he's like, start selling your CDs. We, we, I, at that point, they were making CDs and, and I got two tapes put on a CD. We had sold so many tapes that the people that produced that stuff, I was like, hey, if I take these two tapes, can we put them on a CD? Can you spot us? Because we didn't have any money. And they're like, well, yeah, because you'll sell them because <laughs> you've been buying, you bought thousands of tapes from us. So he was like, start selling them for five bucks. So uh, before we were signed, we had sold 25,000 CDs on our own. Jesus Christ. And, you know, if any record label came to town, they would basically what they would do is they would call up rate, uh, record stores and radio stations. They say, who are the bands that we should know about? And they call Tower Records in Annapolis and they'd be like, oh, we sell a shit ton of Jimmy Chicken Shack records out of our local station, uh, out of our local section. And, you know, the local radio stations would know us already by then. And we just shopped around and played for labels. And yeah, it was literally three years. I mean, to think about the amount of bands that I know that are so fucking amazing have been together now 10, 15 years that never get a record deal. Like, well, it's because there's no more record deals. Well, it's yeah. true. It's, 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 it, yeah. And, and back then it was a golden chalice and it was still something that was viable and, and necessary and possible. Yeah, and like, possible. Yeah. But. So it, it was wild, and you know there was a bidding war, and and eventually we signed to Elton John's record label, Rocket Records. So it was it was wild to to how it happened, and to think that, I mean, I lived in my car. I lived in. I would rent out walk-in closets for a hundred bucks or a porch for a hundred bucks a month. That's and I lived years that way. And literally a porch. Oh, porches, yeah. Like no walls, just a porch. No, they they had the Florida windows. The, oh, okay. The, yeah, <laughs> fucking cold as shit. Like twenty blankets and three heaters around my bed. The walk-in closets were the best, though. Um, but yeah, lived in my car behind Ram's Head when I was working at Ram's Head. I mean, it's just it was such a short amount of time in retrospect. You know what I mean? You think three years right now, and you're like, Psh. yeah. Well, it's been ten years since March. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's just weird how quickly it really did happen, but it felt like an eternity. You know what I mean? Cause it's it was, also youth too. Like when you're younger, everything's three longer, years is yeah. fucking forever. Yeah. And, and we, we did, we, we worked our asses off. I mean, I, it, people were always like, you basically have a phone connected to your head and, and a bong in my hand, <laughs> <laughs> a bong in the other hand. But now that that's legal, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> nearly as God punk rock right. now. It's like fucking, yeah, everyone's so got a not punk bong. rock. My grandma's got it's a bong. It's passe. It's punk rock not to have a bong. <laughs> <laughs> all right well how would i well so that happened that's all good to go when what was like your first moment you're like holy shit we're here like after after record labels and things like that did you have like a uh, an aha moment if i will jimmy haha <laughs> I, no i, I mean i i fuck you bj by Thank the you. time by, <laughs> so by the time we got signed i would think it was 27 or 28 and i'd be I'd been playing out for 10 years, and which I thought was a fucking lifetime. And I thought, well, it's about time. I literally thought to myself, it's about time. Right. And Plus, you know you're good at what you're doing. Like, you're not like... Yeah, it wasn't even that I knew I was good. I just knew that, I was, that, we, were diff- that we were something different, that we were special. I, I mean, all those guys that, like everyone in the band, they were so good. And, and together, we were a great band. Miserable. Like, there was... Literally fist fights after like I'd never gotten a fist fight in my life, but I remember sold out shows and then 
fucking guys getting in fights. Yeah. You know? And I, I didn't even drink back then. So I was the guy who loaded everything and drove and did all this shit. You know, I s- s- smoked a lot of weed. But, but they get drunk and just start fighting each other, like getting pissed. And I'm like, we just sold the fucking hammerjacks out. How are you getting in a fist fight? So, it, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's, there was no real moment other than, you know, shit, we just signed a half a million dollar record deal. Now, that didn't mean we got a half a million dollars. <laughs> what it meant, oh, half a million dollars. You know? <laughs> well, what it meant was we got $250,000 for our first record, and then if, if it went gold, then we would have another 250000 which it didn't go gold, so we had 150. But, I mean, <laughs> either way, it was all Monopoly money. But, you know, I mean, having a video on MTV, the, the high video, which was the first digital video on MTV, which was cool because our manager was in the very first video on MTV, which was Video Kill the Radio yeah. Star. Really? He was the drummer in that, yeah. Richard was? Yeah. No, fucking, I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, dude, Richard invented the Simmons drums pad. Really? Yeah, he was he was partners with Dave Simmons. They were making a fucking electric... So he was in a band called Landscape. They were all electronic dr- instruments, horns, drums, everything. Richard literally physically made these triggers. <laughs> and then he started working with Dave Simmons, but then he started producing Spandau Ballet record. And Dave Simmons, behind his back, patented it and made those little octagon pieces of shit. And Richard was like, I wasn't fucking done. The reason he wasn't done was because he wanted to make them velocity sensitive. Because Simmons drum pads pads were, dude, dude, dude. There was no, there was no, dude, dude. There was, dude, dude, dude. (laughs) So then Roland came by and Simmons drum pad gone. And I mean, Richard got screwed out of millions of dollars, but like, Cutting edge. He actually coined the phrase new romantic. Do you know the term new romantic? I do not. So that was a genre of new wave. It was like um, psychedelic first, Spandau Ballet. That was his term. Wow. So he's I mean, amazing shit. So it was cool that he had, was in the first video on MTV and we had the first digital video. Because everything was film at that point. So ours was the first digital video and it cost $40,000, which is a joke at that time. Yeah. You know? yeah. and that, so that was, when, when that first hit... MTV was like, okay, we kind of, yeah, that's a, that was the goal. <laughs> yeah, it was Check. neat. Yeah. And uh, I don't want to toot my own horn, but Richard Bird just liked my band. Hell yeah. <laughs> Wait, you have a band? No, not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> We're also in my wood shop instead of my recording studio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Can I, can I ask what the years were that that was in rotation on MTV? Just uh, it was 90, for reference. So, 97. Okay. I think the record came out. So yeah, ninety seven, ninety eight. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was it, when when MTV still actually played Mattered, music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when they still play music, when it yeah. was a music channel. Yeah. 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 Although at that point it was almost fifty fifty by the end of the nineties. Like, but towards the end of the nineties, yeah, yeah. Once the real world started, it started to that change. Was, that was the pivot. The yeah. real, real the world. Minute for the first season of Real World, but. There was still it was still music, you know, it was still music television, and then yeah, it totally changed. Well, I remember hearing you guys. I got it. It would have been on Headbangers Ball, right? Like that still was yeah, the thing. Yeah, then. yeah, yeah. Because high when high came out as a single, this was really funny. So it was too hard for daytime radio, right? <laughs> what? It was yeah. too hard, and yeah, they wouldn't yeah. play it on daytime radio. And they had a new a in ninety seven. Yeah, and they had a new genre called active rock, oh, a new chart on Billboard. Yes. We got to number eight on ch- active rock. But all the rock radio stations, it was still too hard for rock radio in the daytime. So they would only play us at night. Song High, our first single. 
So it was, I mean, it was, which was really weird, you know, like to think about the nineties and, but there was literally a kind of moratorium on (laughs) music. It was like, they wouldn't play ministry in the day, you know, they, they would, none of that shit was to happen. The Rage Against the Machine was only played at night. Mm -hmm. Really? So high was not played during the day. And, but as things progressed that year, it started to open up. Clear Channel and all those fucking stations started to homogenize and it became this kind of wash of nonsense. But but yeah, they, they wouldn't even play it during the daytime yeah. at first. I mean, I definitely remember it being categorized like as metal. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is, I mean. Funny. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, I'm but not, uh, not, and I'm not even talking shit or anything. Like, like it's interesting that that was the case. And, and it was a rock song. I mean, yeah. But it was funny because it confused the shit out of people because they heard one song and think that that's what every song sounded like because every band in the world sounds like. Their one song. Exactly. Yeah. And we were just like, no. Nope. <laughs> and even though that record had a sound, I mean, once our second record came out, we were like, what the fuck? <laughs> what was the second big single you guys had? That was mean, like MTV single. Well, that would, I mean, we had a video for Dropping Anchor on the first record. So that came out second. Didn't do nearly as much. And, and the labels that we were on at the time kind of floundered and, would, they would always go with the flavor of the day, like if something was popping. They, mm-hmm. It wasn't like back in the 70s where they would develop an artist. Like Pink Floyd would have never happened if they started yeah. in the 90s. They would have never, ever succeeded. Oh, no way. So, you know, not that we were Pink Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. But, uh, but they might have succeeded, actually. <laughs> but but then it was Do Right was our, sec- our first single off our second record, right. which was in 99. That's, that's- and that was on a totally different format because that was on the alternative format it, so it was an act of rock and it really confused the shit out of people i do remember not thinking it was not the same band yeah and, I, and that's that, what the one i was trying and, to, and that's yeah. i think you know to the to the detriment as far as like success in the music industry was you need a good you need to wrap it up and tie the bow and make it just like the last thing that you made and so all those bands that succeeded always had follow-up singles that sounded like their single and I've never been interested in that. I yeah. was never interested in making really money either, and I, I was successful. Good job, at that. well done. <laughs> yeah. I, I won, um, but but also, I mean, to me, it was like I want to make music that I love, and I love yeah. all kinds. I like fucking James Taylor, and I like Ministry. Yeah. Like yeah, bring yeah. that shit, you know? I, like, no, that's tie fucking, up. I agree. So so it was, you know, and what's funny about Do Right is the original guys in the band were like, "Fuck, I don't want to play that song. It's a silly ass song," and I'm like. Yes, it is, but it's a good song, and and I think people like it. But I like it, and sure enough, we did demos, and the record label is like, "This is your single." So I was like, and it did better than High, and it bought I bought a house because of it. So yeah. that, that I retroactively found out about <laughs> that that you were the same band after knowing that that was the tune, and and yeah. it was confusing. And so I, I think that would maybe be the reason people are like, "Why didn't you guys blow up?" And I was like, "Well, because." We didn't to rock. <laughs> well, because we just didn't play the game, and we we didn't have a we didn't. They were like, "Well, why don't you write high again?" And I'm like, "Say that sentence back to yourselves, <laughs> you fucking dumbasses! Yeah, yeah. Like, fuck you! Like, why would we rewrite a song? Like, we wrote it once. I don't need to even come close to it. Why? That's just one mood. What mood is that you wear? That one, and that's it. Right. <laughs> it's done." <laughs> That was a Nirvana thing too, wasn't it? When they 
when they did rape me, they were like trying to get them to push for another. The whole reason, that whole they, 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 Let me yeah. listen to Bleach. There's yeah. no, there's fucking yep. pop folk songs on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Game record. Well, they they went. Um, uh, who, who's the the Chicago dude that they recorded that? Butch uh, Vig, Steve Albini. No, no, Steve oh, Albini. Steve Albini. Oh, so yeah. they left Butch Vig and went to Steve Albini. Those two dudes could not be more fucking. Oh, different. totally. Diametrically yeah. yeah. And so yeah. they they put that record out and they wouldn't even release it. They had, they yeah. made um who who Scott mixed Litt. yeah yeah they made they remixed it because it was too Steve Albini. It's funny about that. So uh, Michael Blackstone, who signed all those grunge bands back in the day, came to see Ten Times Big in the '80s, and it was us in Radio Blue, and Sub Pop, huh? Sub Pop, yeah. He signed. I mean, he was the reason that Pearl Jam happened and all the Michael yeah. Blackstone. So I remember he came out and they, this is way before grunge happened, and he came to see Ten Times Big. And and this other band, Radio Blue, and we, and we were managed by this guy, Michael Oberman. Ron Oberman was head of CBS Records, signed like Toad the Wet Sprocket and all these other bands. But we literally played in an empty warehouse in D.C. <laughs> and this motherfucker in a folding chair in the middle of the room. <laughs> it was the most harrowing gig I've ever had in my life. Like, fuck, can we play it for him? And he was like, yes, you know, you guys are great. You know, singers androgynous. I was, I, mean, I was. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't grow a facial hair to save my life, but it was funny. Like, Did you have the top thing yet, or was that later? No, I just, <laughs> but, but it was, you know, he, he liked the stuff, but he was like, but I remember him telling me, Oh, he uh, uh, signed uh, Mother Love Bone. Oh, there, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. legit. And that was, that was the, that was the yeah. original, like, yeah. Mother Love Bone was the start of that It shit. predates that, all that, that shit. That signing of Mother Love Bone fucking predates all of it, and that, yeah. that was him, and I remember him telling me, my hair stand up a little <laughs> um, I remember him telling me about what was happening out in Washington, and so when 10 Times Week was done, actually, me, Jim McDonough, my buddy Bryce, um, and my keyboard player, Steve, we moved out to Portland, because I was like, well, Seattle, it's already too thick, but Portland's really close, and we could snowboard at Mount Hood until June. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go there. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the interesting thing. Like when people think about 90s and grunge, that shit was like 87. Oh, yeah. Like Mother Love Bone and the Soundgarden, like oh, oh, hell before yeah. Screaming ben, like, Trees. Yeah, Screaming Trees. Yeah. Those bands were. Tad. Well, then all also, of them. All those oh, are like Mud Honey. Honey. Yeah. yeah, all that shit before. Was way before. Yeah, and, yeah. and Nirvana was the band that, like, kid band that everybody's like, uh, what did they sign in that band? They, Bleach like, was 89. And Bleach, like yeah, Bleach yeah. was 89, and they only sold 40,000 copies of that record the first time around. They were a failure. Yeah. Yeah, they went to Butch Vig and made a record that was a pop record, like yeah. on purpose. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah man. It's just cool. And I remember being out in Portland during that time and just going, it's cool out here. And that's where we wrote High. I remember writing High, driving around in the car, just actually trying. I was singing like David Byrne. A uh, uh, guy yeah, from yeah, yeah it was just Baltimore yeah. ties, but uh, I remember it, it was started out. Our keyboard player Steve Fisher, it, we, we, you know, it was it was back in the time of raves and stuff. So it was, we were in the practice room, and we were in this black neighborhood, which we didn't even realize. And they were like, well, people in Portland were like, "Are you a little scared living in Russell Street?" And we're like, "We came from fucking Baltimore." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, no, you fucking lily white motherfuckers, you wonder bread motherfuckers. You got like five black people in your city. We're not scared of your five black people. And we're not scared of black people, by the way. Yeah. So we're, anyway, we're, we're in their house and Steve starts this thing. And we're like, oh, it's a techno. And so we start, Jim started playing guitar and we wrote a song around it. I remember driving out of the car going, hi, like David Byrne, hi. Because <laughs> we were smoking the best weed from fucking Olympia, Washington that you could have ever found. I'm like, oh, I'm driving around and I'm hi. And that's how that song started. 
awesome. That's the beginning of an era, man. That's fucking badass. That's great. All right, so hold on, hold on. Are, are kids listening to this, by the way? Oh, I hope so. Absolutely. <laughs> I hope so. Kids are making we it. We market so. it as a kid's podcast. <laughs> yeah. Bible stories and children's tales. Uh, <laughs> told you about quit, medicine for the day. Quit using my accent when you say shit like Your that. Your accent is you my favorite fucking accent. dick. You son of a ginger bitch. <laughs> but uh, Christian also lived in Portland. I, I did. I also, also do you remember Portland. Northeast Russell? Uh, by the time I got to Portland, it was just all safe and oh, but yeah, there so were no black people. So Northeast people moved yeah, away. No, no it's it, true. So Northeast Russell by that point was, I mean, shit, you can't even fucking buy a house there right now. And I, yeah. we literally rented a house for like 400 bucks a month. And you could have probably bought that house for like $200,000, $100,000 at that point. And, it, but it was funny that people thought it was a scary neighborhood. And I'm like, P- Portlanders come, love come to t- think that they're the top of everything. Yeah, and and a, in terms of even like the most dangerous and, yeah. and they please, don't actually yeah. know what that's <laughs> like. It was like, please come to the East coast so I can treat you to some love in DC and, you know, Anacostia. I mean, I, I grew up as in, you know, PG County and we, we go hang out in DC all the time. Like I just, I've lived in more black neighborhoods than I have white neighborhoods. Man, and so then they thought that was... Get them to hitchhike on North Avenue yeah, or something. Yeah, it's just like they thought that shit was scary. I'm like, oh, you guys are so cute <laughs> with your rose garden. And oh, the one thing I did love about Portland is, as I read, you could drive 12 miles an hour through the city and make every green light. And it's true. But do you know how hard it is for an East Coaster to drive 12 miles an There's hour anywhere? There's not a single fucking chance I can do that. <laughs> no, so if, you, if you were to smoking the, the Olympia That's Washington right, yeah. weed, you would have been like... Well, <laughs> and yeah. then I get every green light. <laughs> every East Coast transplant I know that moved to Portland like cannot stand driving. It's the worst fucking city. Oh, they all drive in. ten miles below the speed limit. Yeah. I'm like, I'm fucking from the East Coast. I got places to nowhere to go. <laughs> the, the other thing that's funny is they're 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 vicious at the same time. I've never like Baltimore. You know, you I don't know, get out of your lane or whatever. People they get pissed, but nobody. <laughs> Matt's Your drunk again. People get pissed, but like, you know, they're not going to like start cursing you and like flicking you off the way they do in Portland. And I, I realized oh, one day really? that in I Portland. The East Coast was worse. This is like Portland. Well, Portland, not no, 90s Portland. this, oh, this right. is the thing is <laughs> oh, okay, that that's true. at the same time, Portland also recognizes that if you go give somebody the bird like that on the car, nobody's going to pull you over at the next intersection, drag you out of your car, and beat the fuck out <laughs> right. of you. Oh yeah. So there's there's like a lack of risk. Yeah, yeah it's, that that makes sense. I loved I loved it out there. I still love it out there. I I mean I would have I would live there again. I just one of my favorite places in the country. I love that area. Mount Hood, some of the best snowboarding I've ever done. Cannon Beach and, and Angola yeah. State Park. God, it's just beautiful. Shit, the parks in Portland proper, just the parks. Oh, they're will amazing. Blow your fucking mind. You get lost, waterfalls. I mean just Yeah. Amazing. I love it. And I've still got really good friends there. And, and yeah, yeah, I loved it. You drive 30, 40 minutes in any direction from the city, and you're in like the most beautiful landscape you can imagine. Gorgeous. So, yeah, I mean, the suburbs, Beaverton, like, fuck. It's it's an idyllic world. Yeah, it's beautiful. I loved it out there. Road trip. But cool, cool, cool. I'm so jealous right now. (laughs) It was just a cool era. I mean, and especially in the 90s, Portland was like. You 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 hit the real golden era of Portland. Amazing. It was. Yeah. It's funny, like, so being Western North Carolina and Appalachian mountain chain, like, we were like, 
fuck you guys with your fucking Rocky Mountains. Like, you know, we like we always have an attitude about that. Yeah, like, yeah. it's not better, but it's you definitely You had the Blue fucking, Ridge. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Y'all got to feel like, away about that. Asheville. Smoky Asheville. Oh, that was, I, that was oh. my home for a while. Oh, I, I love that it town. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful town. Yeah, man. That's a, actually, Asheville, Portland, Oregon, Portland, Maine, three cities I would live in in a drop mm. of a hat. Athens, Georgia is still pretty fucking cool, too. Yeah, and Ath- that was... Um, another town that was just it's such an they're, anomaly yeah like <laughs> they're changing now. in indiana which yeah. i went to grad school there like same yeah. thing it's just like this, this little cool yeah, spot in the middle of not cool no yeah. <laughs> so i gotta say though cool. th- there's that saying you can't go home again th- those cities are all changing yeah. i mean portland is not the same city oh, yeah even i went there two years after i moved away and it's it's a completely different city the yeah. vibe is different well you can't even afford a house <laughs> anywhere i mean no i mean the real estate skyrocketed basically all the the people who can't afford to live in San Francisco and LA have yeah, like that's have the last affordable a, city yeah. on the West yeah. Coast. Well, and so my friends from from San Francisco moved to Bend. Yeah, and Bend is just adds another amazing, amazing town. I mean, Oregon's amazing if if there weren't so many dumb <laughs> fucking white nationalist <laughs> fucking douchebags. Yeah, Oregon's amazing. Oh, I, I'm sorry, you're I'm on podcast. Did I, jail uh, now. Did I, did, I, did, I, did I bring politics in? I'm sorry. Oh, is that uh, a pivot? I'll, that I'll, feels I'll, like a no, pivot. No, no, militia. No, 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 militia. We're almost there. Oh, we oh, are. We still have music now. stuff. <laughs> Get rid of this crap. A couple, couple things. Couple things. First, <laughs> it's nice to see Christian open up about Portland. You're very like. We haven't really like let the Portland out of you. Yet, I, but love it's like, it. I love it. I love it when Portland BJ says something that makes you make the face. You just I know. <laughs> All right. So uh, listening. That's public, what you need cameras Matt, for. Matt, can, can you describe that? Yes, face? I can. He, you made a face of pure shock, confusing, <laughs> like then with like a little cloud of, of like um, disillusion. And who and told then, you you could yeah, touch me there? Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then and then your wheels started turning with all the things that you think he's saying right now. You asked t- permission to touch me there. <laughs> I just I just didn't know what a defining uh, experience Portland was that BJ it, associates me with. That. <laughs> no, no, no. I just like I'm like a little brother, but permanently. So like when I see Christian, I just see like a calm, collected person, and I just can't help but like throw darts at him. You were a school bully yeah. like me, like the shortest kid in the class who was still fuck with the tallest kid in the class. That was that was me. I was you, actually I was pretty relaxed in school. It was, was it was later in life that I found my aggressive aggression. You know, I was see, high, and, but I was yeah. I was the tallest <laughs> kid in the class, but I was also really fat. So I was like, oh, oh I would have oh, fucked oh, with you yeah. so hard. No, you would have. I would have cried a lot. Is what would have happened. Oh, I, I would have been friends with you, but I still oh, would have no, fucked no. with yeah. you we, hard. We, yeah, we would have listened to music and been, and been dumb. But, but fucking with awful. people is like a sign of endearment for me. Like, I mean, absolutely. People, that's people, why yeah, I did saying. it. People that you can't fuck with, I don't want to be friends with No, you. that's it, exactly why I would do it. me out. And anybody who I wanted to be friends with, I had to fuck with. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, that's the test. Like, if you can take this, well, I think that's, yeah, you can come in. I think that's cultural, though, because it was, was like the, your like, Western... Uh, vibe the out there. No, I know he did, but but you've talked before about how your upbringing was a little different than ours, right? Like the no guns. Well, I didn't. No... I didn't grow up in the on the West Coast. Oh, I grew okay. up in upstate New York. Oh, it's kind of like when you're in prison, you punch the fucking biggest guy. <laughs> yeah, Mike. <laughs> when you get into <laughs> when you get into prison, you just punch. I mean, I don't know about that shit. I've never been thankful. only Facebook jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I punched. The, my, yeah. <laughs> how many times do you think you've dodged jail? Countless. <laughs> All right. I, I three, mean, three best stories of not going to jail while I go pee. Oh, Wait, because I got to pee. We oh. can take a break. Oh, that's right. You Let's can take hit a pause. Break. I think we've said it now, so we're taking a break. <laughs> or okay. we're so not. Wait, so wait, the three times. If I go like this and like this again, it's a break. Yeah. Oh, we're on break? break? I got to pee yeah. too, so. Oh, good. I don't have to tell the stories about me. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. That's right when we come back. Oh, that's definitely going to happen. <laughs>
it could have been so cool. The way <laughs> I put it is like the hyper realized version of itself has made it like awful. Dude, but that's any any spot. That's everywhere. That's yeah. like this this place right now. We're sitting in this cool last little like where else? We should does... we should we should connect on this with the recording. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and hop back on. You mean the thing that's already recording? Right. Oh, is it? Ah. Yeah. Are you sure? He's a real artist. Yeah, bitches. <laughs> Josh, why would you question his authority well, like that? Well, uh, to me, that that it's funny. So when we when we did finally decide to go back because everybody was like, ah, oh, fuck it up. We're going back to Maryland. And I was like, all right, if you guys are all going back, I'm not staying out here by myself. We oh. would have never had a band had I not come back. Like, And that's when we did all this stuff and started Chicken Shack. It was because we came back. And, and you know, I'd already had a foothold because of 10 Times Big, so I knew a lot of the club owners and I, I could book things. And But it would have never happened had we not moved out to Portland and then come back to Baltimore yeah. and, and, and at that time, which was 92, 93, that's the scene here was unmatchable. And it's funny. I remember uh, Rolling Stone, I think 10 years later, said Baltimore has, is, is the best music scene in the country. They, they, Rolling Stone did something, and I was like, motherfuckers are 10 years late uh-huh. they admit they did like almighty senators should have been one of the biggest bands in the fucking world as far as i'm concerned yeah. like the, their heyday was and monkey spank and cloaca and the porn flakes and all these what? fuck amazing <clears throat> bands. stuff you were talking about earlier which i think this is a, a, a reason why this scene is cool so i, I work with warren from almighty senators and he still warren 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 Warren. You don't know that? I yeah, know I last that. time, That's Warren. One, one of the last time I saw Warren was you were playing. Yeah, in Annapolis were, at uh, Frank Marchand's birthday. Yes, exactly. Yes. So that That's band, how that you band. know each other. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. Oh, yeah, I've seen him play quite a few times. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. And, and I'm so sorry. And I've actually, <laughs> and I've actually come up there. But I saw you play somewhere uh, off of Charles Street or something with Warren, too, and it was some weird bar or Mick something. maybe. Uh, yeah, 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 I was with Island and stuff, and you were playing. Fuck Island. You know. You never know, but but, but I was I, I, and I remember telling you like, holy shit, I like hearing you play and sing. <laughs> well, like so, Warren now even now is still so just like you. He does not give a fuck about the trends. He just oh, wants yeah. to be. He wants to play music that makes him feel cool. That's it. And he has this whole like he if the if the gig doesn't pay an unnecessary amount of money yeah. or give him some sort of real joy. He doesn't well, give a when fuck. I he met Warren, when I met Warren, he was playing False Face Society, and we played. We opened for False Face Society at Chambers, and I remember vividly Warren because he was always such a character. I mean, his 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 look. Yeah, he's got yeah, such a vibe. That, yeah, that, he does. He, the gaunt, you know, and just that that the awesome goatee. And I just remember that I, I like it was yesterday. And then I remember when he joined Almighty Centers mm-hmm. because I remember Almighty Centers from the eighties. I mean, was when we played with them at. Johns Hopkins and stuff, and it was funny. We were playing with Johns at Johns Hopkins. It was ten times big. We were opening for uh, Psychedelic Furs that night, and our bass player came in and he was eating mushrooms. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, dude, you got to come in this other room. And I go in the other room, and it's fucking on his senators. And it was their original guitar player, and there was his screens and these puppets and shit. And we were like. What? Yeah. We're like our band sucks. <laughs> well, Landis is a fucking, isn't that a great realization? I, our yeah. band sucks. <laughs> Get your like, ass kicked. That's the best yeah, thing in the world. I yeah. mean, shit. I milk our song. Milk is purely like me just wanting to be an Almighty Senator. <laughs> like, but uh, it's still one of my favorite bands yeah. in the entire world, like ever. 
uh, the the moments that I've lost myself in their shows and danced my ass off and hey everybody knows I ain't got no clothes on underneath my clothes <laughs> I got no poetry written underneath my prose shine a spotlight on me so that I can strike I can... my pose I used to wake up in the morning and, and hate Landis yeah, for writing songs that stuck in my head <laughs> I used to hate him for it I've told him that's so cool and the best part about that like you know it, that is so part of this Baltimore scene oh absolutely and the, you know whatever but, and all these young a lot, so many kids don't even know Man, no clue it. they don't know no fucking clue it's so cool Man. Yeah. oh dude Baltimore the scene here is so like it's it's so subculture though. Like, to, to like we've talked about that before when we had Eric and Darren on here. Yeah, it's yeah. a very different part of the same. Yeah. Like like just pre- it's like well, pressure. Well, like, so there was always different scenes too. There was Pigtown with Memory Lane. There was Eight by Ten. There was the Rev. There was there was all these little corners that had their own scenes with like One Spot Fringe Head, Butt Steak. I mean, all those bands. <laughs> like there were so many different little scenes that happened within. I mean, it's a, it's a big city, but it's a small, it's a town. You it's know? Well, the, 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 the yeah. scene is so microscopic, though. Yeah. It's like, once you get into it, I remember, and, and this is a big bummer about, like, Matt Davis not doing Noise in the Basement anymore, but the Noise in the Basement yeah. thing, like, oh, yeah. reemerged in the last, like, I don't know. When it was like, like, it was like eight, if maybe eight years, five years ago. It ended, like, four or five years ago, but eight years ago, like, yeah. we, we, like, collectively short-lived. sort of decided to just, like, support each other, and we would fucking show up in hordes to everyone's Monday night shows. Yeah. So we recreated, like, yeah. it, it's just built this thing back up again playing with Matt Berry and, and his bands how I met a bunch of the people in that part of the scene oh, yeah. even though I was already playing in an entirely different chunk of the you know because doing the money gigs is a whole different by world. the way I love you Matt Davis and it's okay we're, we're not mad at you and we oh, were yeah, yeah. and we were we were at, like our scene was after even the marble bar scene which the marble bar had a whole different world of scene like that was I mean there's so many cool things that happened in Baltimore and it's funny Ten Times Big was more of a DC band at the time, and we would play Baltimore, and but but we had much better thing in DC. Chicken Shack was all Baltimore, and to me, Baltimore crushed everything that DC ever did, and even Still the does. Discord sound, hey. like all that <laughs> shit. Like, uh, yeah, I, and I, 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 no, I, 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 but I appreciate like the whole Discord thing. There's, I mean, it's amazing what what Ian. Had, has done and but Baltimore that scene there's to me it's unmatchable and I, I and that was the thing I was I, we travel around the country and play and still my favorite music my favorite experiences were Baltimore at that time you know what I mean that's we were we were fucking shit lucky <laughs> I mean it. just from an outs from a DC like <clears throat> More modern, I guess, perspective. What, like, are you, what are you trying to say? No, no, no. Yeah. I'm just so Baltimore, even, pedestrian Are you going to let me fucking speak <laughs> yeah. or are you going to talk over me yeah. the first time I've spoken this episode? <laughs> but, uh, uh, <laughs> Baltimore always, from like afar, Baltimore always felt more like a family. Like DC was always kind of competitive. Oh, is sure, always. Yeah. Com- I mean, there's there's clicks no, and there's right, like but there's it people is, that it, get together and and it's there's some good stuff and we try like my band tries to be part of that good force or whatever. But there's definitely like you know there's some fucking cutthroat bullshit that goes on down there. there there's a weight to the city that you gotta like you gotta kind of like live in it for a while and then it's but that was the thing with, you. that yeah, was that like, was the thing with the scene at that point and and when we did the, like the Maryland Music Association or whatever it was called it was. 
it was such a forgotten spot and, and a skipped over spot that we were like, fuck everybody. Like, <laughs> yeah. that, no, none of these fucking people matter. And all these bands that skip over this, none of them matter. We're, we're creating something at, at this moment that we know is unmatchable. And so fuck them all. It's and funny. Like the other scenes that I've lived in felt th- that I liked felt that same way. So I was in Charlotte for a while. Oh, God. And I Charlotte was in Raleigh back for in a the, while. Yeah, both great. Yeah. And, and they, the nobody house. gives a fuck about them. Yeah, they, no, except they, for the people they there. Don't do it, they don't do anything to fit into anything. No. They're just like, no, this is our shit. And this is what we do. Fuck everybody else. Yeah. Charlotte for sure. Like Speed Street, was Speed Street Festival? Played that a couple times. Um, that was much past me being there. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so, fun though. <laughs> so I was there um, like when, oh man, so like the Tremont and the, uh, the uh, Double Tremont. Door. Oh, uh, and, and the Double dude, Door, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that, that was the, my world, uh, right? Like I dude. grew up oh, no, there. The, the, what was the, the Milestone? Okay, yeah. The milestone was my jam because Kurt Cobain's fucking spray paint was still on the wall. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> that has history. And I stole a little chunk of it. Nice. <laughs> but, I mean, that, of course you do. Some of the stuff in Carolina. And, and back in the 80s, even when we would go, go out and like play shows with Almighty Senators and stuff, like Mexicano and, and Nags Head. And, oh, my God, the Cat's Cradle. And, oh, Cat's Cradle. Oh, yeah. Dude. Dude. I mean, there's yep. so much stuff like... Did you play Ziggy's in Winston oh, Salem? Dude, fucking yeah. Jay. So uh, we played <sighs> Ziggy's in the middle of a blizzard. Uh, self opened up for us and Ziggy. Oh, dude, Ziggy's. That's that. that so, so I saw some of my favorite shows and played some of my favorite we, shows in that same One spot. of my favorite shows that I ever played, we wrote a song called Bong Jam live on stage <laughs> in front of like 10 people during a fucking blizzard. <laughs> Yeah. So, so if you guys don't know, like this space, it, it's any. Imagine the shittiest space in Baltimore, and then move it to the outside porch, and then put a roof over it. <laughs> like this place was, it had tiers, right? Tears. But it was all outside. It was almost. Bad. Yeah, it was kind of. It was yeah. such a bizarre. Game. And and Jay is in a wheelchair. The guy who yeah. owned it was in a wheelchair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, I saw him uh, a, probably about a year and a half, two years ago. I hadn't seen him in ages, and he came to a show in Ocean City, and he's still Jay. Yeah, he's still. I mean, and he's and out he's, of it now. He's not. He's not. Well, he's still. He was working with some band. He wanted. To, he made me listen to some band again. You know, that's but, so cool. But man. man, that that scene was so it rad. Was epic. The East Coast yeah. scene back then. This is the Squirrel Nut Zippers were before Dude. they popped oh, the off. Squirrel yes. Zippers, wow! But that was before <laughs> they popped off. They, Same thing with Ben Folds. He oh was, yeah, that was ben, his hang. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's and no nobody gave him. a fuck about. He played piano. Nobody wanted to hear his fucking Dude, band. Ben Folds. I saw him at the fucking at a. Uh, University of Maryland, right? And that was the first person I'd ever seen make a crowd do a three-part harmony. Oh, yeah. He literally awesome. split them oh, into chunks. So brilliant. And he's fucking music director. It was amazing. National you were there, right? But, I was there. but he's also he's also cool as shit. Yeah, he's he's a cool. fucking cool dude. You I, have to be to do that though. But he's That's, a bad. But I remember <laughs> being Ziggy's. So we played this blizzard. It snowed like. Two inches. They called it a blizzard. They have one snowplow in yeah, fucking yeah. North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. And so we stayed the night, and the next night um, there was string cheese. This band called String, string cheese, cheese Incident. Incident. Oh my god! And oh, so who are those guys? Yeah, but no. They, <laughs> so they were they were they were playing they were playing at Ziggy's the next night after us, but there was no power, and there was literally maybe twenty of us that went out there because we stayed the night. Our our hotel the power went out. And all these people left their rooms and went to the the front desk, and the manager ended up having a heart attack because so many people were down there, and they got locked out of their rooms because they had key cards, oh, no. new key cards. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. I was, we walked down to Ziggy's, and String Cheese Incident, pull, we, they pulled the two 
pool tables together, you know, up, yeah, up yeah, yeah. of Ziggy's, put plywood on top of it, and String Cheese Incident played on the fucking pool oh, tables in so front of like rad. 20 people. And I'm like, Dude. Oh, a hippie band. Nah, I'm a deadhead. Nah, you guys are right. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was fun as shit. But that was, that the, was scene. the scene. Yeah. It was that so was the cool. Fucking no, scene, man. Dude. The fucking the, the gigs where the power goes out is where you truly get to see what the artists oh, made And of. they were, yeah. yeah. You, get, well, you stand and, up there and you fucking make the show. It doesn't, like, it just proves that it doesn't matter what the circumstance is. Well, the other an thing, artist will be an artist. You the know, other thing like, about the North Carolina scene is the power went out more often than it did. If it rained for two inches, it went out. Yeah, that's because you spent all your money on abortions instead of. <laughs> Jeez, that was harsh. That took a fucking dark turn. Well. <laughs> <laughs> BJ, oh, so you remember that, that that Ben Fold show? You remember at, that abortion? Yeah. Yeah. Ben Fold's abortion. Dozens of them, Josh. About Dozens. This. So many dead babies. It wasn't even. It wasn't even Ben Fold's that had the moment of that show. It was during Brick, and like there's this just like he paused. There's this moment. Some fucking dickhead in the back yells. O'Doyle rules! <laughs> <laughs> and the entire fucking place just like erupted in uh, laughter. Unbelievable. But the, the thing about a dude like Ben Folds is he would have loved that. <laughs> oh, dude, he was. He so, would have been so on board. He's one of the coolest people. I remember, I've played a few shows with him, but I just remember one night hanging out a little bit with him, and he was just a cool motherfucker. And I mean, what a music. Talk about uh, a musician who knows music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like an idiot. But vibe, too, and like humanism. You know, he's yeah. just like a, a uh, cool person awesome. that happens to know a lot about music. It's but like. But that, that, that was that thing is like you could see Ben Folds in front of 35 people back yeah. then and just be like, God. Damn. Well, dude, I yeah. saw. I saw. I remember Damn. seeing him at the Tremont. Oh, yeah, and there were people like giving him the finger and shit. Yeah, you're not and he's playing. like, "That's why we love coming back here." Fuck you! And I was like, "Oh, you're such a rock star!" Holy shit, the Tremont, man! Oh, what God, a great dude. venue. And oh, it sounded like fuck. asshole in there. It's just like a giant <laughs> it was a cavern. shit fucking cave. Oh. It was massive cave. Yeah, yeah. But if you filled it with enough people, or the Roadhouse in fucking Richmond, uh, the Boathouse. I, I don't know the joint. Uh, I, I, I it was a little old later, but or earlier, but yeah, Richmond, v- Richmond, Virginia. Yeah, yeah, but the boathouse. It was more Norfolk, but man, I oh, shit. Shout played, out Richmond. We played. <laughs> we, we played with not a surf in front of like shit. fucking twenty people, and then what? Twenty years later, not a surf had a hit. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know I mean? like they were, and they were awesome when we played with them. We were like, holy shit, you guys are awesome. It's just so many cool bands. Oh, that's so funny. It's, it's, a, it's a funny thing, too. Like, you can tell who's actually, like, there's there's just got famous musicians where it's like, ah, whatever. And there's, like, been in the shit musicians where, yeah. like, everything, when, when you see everything go wrong in a situation and the artist or whoever's up there just, like, makes it a show regardless of that. Like, like people giving the finger, it's like, oh, Yeah. I will fuck your mother tonight <laughs> well, in front of your family. Well, it's like a good comedian. Like, yeah, yeah. If, 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 yeah it, good comedians know how to deal with hecklers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, if, if you've been playing for enough years, like... There's no way around it. You I, just know I, what to do. I, yeah. I, I love that shit. Like, me too. Bring, bring it to me, because yeah. I'm going to either own you or wrap my vagina around you. <laughs> my entire career, like, like prior to, like, when I got into the Fells Point and Baltimore stuff, was just like, like... If people got on stage and broke things, I was like, "We'll break more things." Like, why would you stop there? Break that! Break everything! Break me! Break the drums! And I get to Fell's point, and like somebody spills a beer on a pedal board, and somebody's like, "Oh, yeah," oh. Okay. and I'm like, "No, get up here and fucking <laughs> can break we, everything!" Can we, can we address that a little bit? Because I was the same way. I got to Baltimore. Well, I got to 
whatever this is now. And, and <laughs> like somebody like threw a coaster and it, it like hit somebody's guitar on stage and they're like, stop the show. And I'm like, yeah. who the fuck are these people? <laughs> Did you realize this Wait, is the guitar like, solo? That was in I this was town? Shredding. Yeah. I'm, like, oh, I'm yeah. like, what the fuck is going on Oh, it must right have been now? in the 2000s. Well, it's, it was the nows. Yeah. Uh, the it was the nows. nows. Yeah. Whatever like, the well, fucking so now is. First of all, all the people who are listening to this got totally like butthurt by it those are those people yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know what <laughs> fuck they, you don't go go play at home with your gear no, well, fuck you i mean do your thing but just you, not you're around just me. a fucking a little ninny douche and, <laughs> and, 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 and and look i'm not a fucking tough guy i haven't been in a fight in my life but we lived through some shit. And I've seen some people get their ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen some people kick some asses, too. I've, I've fucking had guitars split my head open, and I had to tie my dreads in a knot to not get stitches oh. and go to the hospital. <laughs> like, fuck you. You can't handle somebody throwing a coaster at you. Like, fuck oh, off. Oh, dude. Dude, a good, a, good, a good blood blister bursting on stage. Uh, that's, yeah. like, that's fucking gold. You want that to happen. Honestly, oh, yeah. if you squirt it on people. If you shave my head, you would see all the scars from all the guitar headstocks that have, like... It penetrated my head. Dude, I learned how to wire guitars because I smashed so many guitars when I was 18. It's like, oh, better put old beauty back together. That's how I did my head. I tied, I, they were like, oh, you need a stitch. I'm like, no, just take two dreads and tie them together. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> duh. Practical. Now I just have a fucking like cavern on my skull. It's, it didn't it didn't heal well. But, uh, yeah. can I but quote, it healed. Can, can I quote Annie DeFranco? Oh, I love this it. is awkward. As I know, is. I'm going to do it. She had one great line, though. She had many great lines. I've got highways for stretch marks. See where I've grown. Uh-huh. Okay, <laughs> that's pretty badass. Fucking good. Well, yeah, her, good call. So her song "As Is" is still one of my favorite songs. And uh, 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 little little plastic castles that are the the one. Uh, no, is it? So uh, it's it's a line about goldfish and you know the little plastic castles are uh, you know new every time. But anyway, fuck. Well, no, 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 no. That makes sense. I, I yeah. love Ani DeFranco. Should we Google it, it or should we just leave it alone? <laughs> no, no, no. Let that be what it was. Right. <laughs> that was a whole moment, and I loved everything. Goldfish are delicious, and I would like to live in a castle one day. No, it's your, their memory is three seconds. That's the whole yeah, point yeah, of that, yeah, right? A little yeah. plastic castle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but look, a castle. You know what's funny? <laughs> <laughs> I actually uh, I read an article recently that said goldfish don't have a memory of three seconds. They remember everything. And they would get bigger if you would just feed them and put them in a bigger fucking tank. Goldfish are supposed to get like this big. They get huge. Oh yeah, they no, can. the yeah. fucking they're carp that are so as you, big as whatever. That song's about big slave goldfish that are forced to work the exactly. fields and like not eat. That's about oppression. Yeah. It's about aquatic oppression. That's some dark Speaking ass. Speaking of aquatic Jesus, oppression, no fucking concern there, Matt. Fuck <laughs> Trump. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, instead we use them as training wheels to teach kids about death. Oh, <laughs> and hamsters. That's a little bit true. And hamsters, best, too. Best, best, best. Right. Hamsters about uh, cannibalism because they eat their own little babies. Oh, best <laughs> Life got so dark. Dude, my, boys, my, I'm so sorry. Please turn turn off the podcast You're letting now. your boys Dude, listen to this? 30 I, I years mean, from now? Hopefully yeah. not. My little sit, my, my big sister... My older sister, God, it's fucking weird to say that. I don't reference her often. <laughs> Kelly, hi. You'll never listen to this. Go on. <laughs> anyway, so she was fucking like eight. We went to the fair, whatever, got a goldfish back. And my mom came in the room and she looked at the bowl and there's like like <laughs> splashing water and no goldfish. She eat. No. No. no, no, your sister I mean, ate a goldfish, <laughs> but she had fucking I'm, no, no. Please don't tell the no. rest of the story. Can that be? We <laughs> <laughs> know she ate it. It ran away. Yeah. <laughs> it ran away. And that conditioner was just conditioner, you asshole. <laughs> um, anyway, so my mom comes in and she's like, where's the goldfish? And she's like, hands behind her back. Nowhere. 
she had fucking taken the goldfish out and petted it to the point where it had no scales Aww. anymore. She petted it clean. <laughs> she petted it pretty hard. <laughs> that speaks to her relationships. Jeez. Uh, I'm going to hug you and squeeze you and kiss you and love you. <laughs> My favorite thing ever. Uh, the best cartoon of that. That, uh, that is that song. All right. Hugging. Back to our guest. Back to our guest. Oh, shit. Now we're did lubricated. Did you just get us back on point? I did. Sorry. Who do you think you are? First of all, by the way, that when they found out I was your guest, they all tuned out. <laughs> also, I received a text earlier that specifically was like, I hope you check your phone during podcasts. Make everybody go off course. So just so you know. <laughs> you think you steer this ship, you son of a bitch? Oh, I don't steer a damn thing. Tequila but I, steers the yeah, ship. Yeah, I was going to say, I couldn't make it go wrong. I know least, I can do that. We still have Matt's drunk stick. Yeah, wait, nobody's wait, wait. earned it yet. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah. that you didn't three pour that because, by the way, I didn't e- take it all. Hold on, hold on. Espelon, if you would like to sponsor us, <laughs> it would not be a bad or thing. Or Patron, <laughs> because if Espelon won't do it, then fuck them. Patron. <laughs> yeah, Patron will. No, we made a rule earlier. All right, who bought the food, Christian? And I who bought, the, bought the booze? I bought the booze. I brought this- the appetite. <laughs> fuck you. All right, so this show wow. is sponsored by Christian, who brought the food, and Josh, who bought the booze. I br- and Jimmy, I who brought the appetite, <laughs> he brought the. He's a star. Actually, I scared. Star power. I he brought scared, the. Listeners. I scared all the listeners away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry. We did that a long time ago. <laughs> can I? Don't can, kill it. I'll Leave some. Fucking oh, fucking! Just I've got enough. It. I'm good. I'm driving. All right. Okay. I'm not. I just saw my hopes and dreams go into your glass. I know. <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> nobody's Bar- Barbara Eden just dropped out of that bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I have to drink beer now. Uh, and nobody knows who Barbara Eden is. No, you're is, right. By the I don't way. I have no idea. Right, it's right. fucking I dream of Jeannie, you motherfuckers, you young ass. <laughs> yeah, but she's like 112 now. I know. Dude. I, I remember. Know, I just gave the old reference. Hey guys, hey guys. Now. <laughs> I wrote I, I wrote a card a few weeks back. What did it say? Uh get back on topic or some shit. Yeah. Okay. No, you know what, Christian? It's over there. If you're not going to say it on the mic, then fuck yeah. the fuck off. All right, let's go. Ready? We're here. Back on top. All right, BJ. Oh, what is the questions? Uh, wait, I had some. Oh, no, that ruined it all, Christian. That's your fault. Oh, you really need to break my train of thought. Uh, <laughs> hold on, hold on. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. It's gone. It was a good one, too. Was it? Yeah. Well, you have it. Was it? Find it. You want to talk about it some more, or you want to move on? Damn it! Was it music related? <laughs> I lost my hair over that conversation. <laughs> was it music related? It might have been. Right. Uh... I do. Okay, can I? It, okay. Oh, no. It, was a, funny, it. it oh, was a funny okay. story. All right. So your second single was Do Right, right? Yes. Do Right, right. Oh, okay. it, was a, it was the first single off our second record. All it right, wasn't cool. our second single, but yes. So my guitar player, he's mine, not yours, by the way. You own I, him. Island Styles joined your band. Yes. <laughs> Very upset about that. You, are, you yeah. own him. He's <laughs> <laughs> not a fucking goldfish. No, this is, this is a funny full circle story because it makes a lot of sense to me. All right. So Wait, hold on. Does anybody have a bottle opener? Yes. Because yeah, I'm having to drink lighter. beer right now. Nobody have myself beer. to that. For those that can't see what's happening, literally everyone reached in their pocket for a bottle opener. <laughs> and I'm opening me. it with the tequila cork. <laughs> I'm only taking a beer that comes from Jimmy's crotch right now. That's the only way I'll accept it. Yeah, God, there it goes. Good what pop, a good pro. Pop. That's fucking rock star right there. By <laughs> way. So there's there's a drum fill in Do Right Right. Stop doing that. Do Right Right? Yeah. <laughs> but you got to do right with Do Right Right. Do Right Right. <laughs> Wrong. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Anyway, so, and on, uh, was it? Not that one, not that one. That's the easy one. Uh, <laughs> so I've, I played drums for Jimmy on. No White is the reason for that drum fill, by the way. No White, uh, who... Worked with Herbie Hancock and Sting, and it played with Jarflies and was in Underfoot. He's the one who wrote that drum fill, by the way. 
That's not the one, though. No, that's not the one. That's not the one. The, the one that I'm talking about is in the middle. So I got to play drums for Jimmy's Chicken Shack on, I think, four occasions, right? Yeah. That's what we did. Is that many? Uh, let you do that. Well, I can, I, can, I can count it by the number of singles that I mangled on stage. <laughs> anyway, so do right. I managed to like get it in my head that a, a fill went a certain way, and then we the went, first one is pop, and the second one is da 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 da. The second one the, is the issue. Yeah, and the, then the third one, the one is the long one. Yeah, yeah. but the, the long one and the first one are, are cool. The second one, there's a thing in the record where it doesn't line up correctly, right? And uh, I was, I just like memorized it. I couldn't, I couldn't memorize it properly because it doesn't line up with the click. And we'll get to why in a second. <laughs> so every time we went to play that song, I would have like this hesitation about that fill. And sure enough, I got it in my head. And I don't like, I'm, I pride myself on when I know a song, not fucking it up. Like thousands of shows, not fucking it up. But for some reason, <laughs> dig it, dig it, dig it, dig it, It's uh, the simplest jump I, fill. I can't fucking, like, my brain won't allow that to pass through my body like, and become a, a thing. A jump fill, I might even be yeah. able to play. So, like, I'm, I'm, I'm in this band I've watched for my ever. entire life. I've listened to the song since I was 15. I know every note of it. And for some reason, the second drum fill and do right will not spill out of my body properly. And I was like, what the fuck is the wrong with uh, the wrong? This? What's wrong? Yeah. What's, what's the wrong with you? What's like, what can I do? Right. So <laughs> not speak. We get into a, uh, we, we get into a, a Facebook argument about something and who shows up, but Sipple <laughs> who played the part on the, part the record. On the record right? And I was like, Sipple. Can what I talk to you for a second on the aside? So we have like in this public conversation, I go like, Sipple, <laughs> what the fuck did you do on this song? And he's like, man, I actually don't know because the click, he lost the click. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what is recorded is the lost click part, which was the correct fill. So it feels good. But against the actual time of the meter of the song, it's wrong. But it's still right. Uh, and, so, and Jim Wirt, who produced the record, who produced uh, Incubus Science, uh, it, it, I remember... Him looking in the control room and a cloud of smoke, and, <laughs> and, and him, his it, like where where did where did Jim go? And then this long hair flipping up, and him choking his face off, coughing from a giant bong hit, and going, <laughs> "That's awesome!" <laughs> so, so that's why you didn't get no, it. No, no. So, so simple, missed the fill. The producer was fucking stoned. <laughs> Quality control was out the fucking window. No, no, no. And this timeless progression of music was allowed to seep into the world, which fucking 25 years later... <laughs> still fucks you up. Fucking me listens to it and goes, all right, and I can't play it right. And I finally got to the point where I met, I talked to the person <laughs> that played the part. Jimmy just told us about the producer was too stoned to make the decision to cut the part. And I feel much better about no, no, no. I'm musically validated. No, he, he, he was stoned <laughs> enough to go. That That's was perfect, cool. right? So <laughs> you just did it right. Go back and listen to fucking Black Dog. Oh my god! They shit all over that change back to the one. Oh, dude! And it's it's so rad <laughs> until you try to play along that, with it. No, no, no honestly, oh. that was the first record I bought with my own money because of that four. song. When when I heard Black Dog, my friend Dave Burkhart, who was played soccer and baseball with. I remember his parents had this amazing sound system, and I remember going over his house, and he turned that on. I was like, "What the fuck is this music? <laughs> and where have I been? It's like, blues fuck from the Beach Satan. Boys, like, <laughs> yeah, 
It was. It's it, the shit. It's perfect. And it's and perfect. That moment. It's perfectly fucked up. So 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 any, exactly. Any, any, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's so right. that backwards. Riff, so that riff already is weird. <laughs> yeah. But what makes it the shit is when they go when it skips, to the five chord. When it skips. That that moment when they go back to the one is so out of time. But fucking, it just Bonham puts it where it belongs, it's and everybody's ridiculous. like, but, "Fucking!" But that song, like, I can play ours that fucking was song. Not like that good. <laughs> that song is that, that like that math problem is solvable for me. Like, you can just go, okay, just like one more one. Yeah, just change the thing. One like, one two three. <laughs> da, 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 no, no, da. not the fact that it goes over the bar. Listen to it again. It's not in time. When they come back to the one, it's like, "Oh, did you fucking mute the track?" Nope, I did oh. nothing. <laughs> I hit a random key that was of no consequence, so we're good to go. It just opened I'm, up his I'm porn done. page. Done. It I'm opened done. up it his, worked, his it free it porn page. It was like page. the mute button, yeah. just the threat but of the mute that's, button. You porn opened up on his <laughs> laptop. But. No, you know, you know what's funny is Josh and I discussed the other day. I was like, something broke on my computer. And he's like, it's all that porn. And this computer has never had a shred of pornography on it. This and is that's a, so funny how we don't believe him. Well, so I'm right. I have never cleared the internet. Does it have an internet connection? It does. Yeah, you'd see porn. Never. Lies. I can't even believe it. I have never pornographied this computer. My phone is the dirtiest. That's because he's dead inside. Uh, (laughs) That's the only way I know I'm not dead inside. No, I I, just bought the thing. I don't know that. Just use that that computer to film the porn. That that kind of concerns me about what you're actually jerking off to. That's why it's it's, all table saws. There's wood dust on there and no wood. (laughs) What if it's all just like dovetails? Like, oh, yeah, fucking cut it sharper. Uh, Oh, pull saw, Japanese. (laughs) Oh, man. So people... Definitely have tuned out. <laughs> no, but like, so the point of that was imperfection is not necessarily not. The point art. of that is like, like imperfection, imperfection is what makes all music like it's the important. Yeah, yes. no, it makes it important. I fucking, I could not agree with that more. And dude, yeah. the biggest thing, like if you listen to like as a drummer, like recording parts and you learn how to play with a click and you can like keep time against a thing. And the worst thing a producer can do is grid a drummer that can play to a click. Yeah, right. That's the worst thing you can do. I don't give a fuck what your keyboard patch says. <laughs> like, I, the synth part is not as important as the feel of the drummer. And the thing that everyone's doing now, like, listen to Active Fucking Rock, which is the worst genre of music that has ever existed. All, it's like, like imagine the worst Hinder song you've ever heard. Because it's all of them. Literally, <laughs> Hinder's the worst band that's ever existed. So every Hinder song... You just song took a stance. Took damn. a real stance just Wait, then. Oh, I fucking hate Hinder. I thought I Hinder sponsored I don't even know who that episode. is. Yeah. I don't even know who that is. It's fine. It's like, This is the second... Do you, Christian? No, I don't yeah, know who exactly. that is. have to let it's, it hinder. It's, yeah, it's the, it's the second Hinder joke. But like, like that re- that removal of... <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Wait, the Baltimore band Hinder? No. Oh. Uh, the North Carolina band hinder. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen. I don't know where they're from, actually. I'm just throwing Yeah, it don't throw that out. Now we there just were, lost all our, our yeah, audience. No, no, no. <laughs> they were amazing. Like, oh, I'm not even having this argument right now. Wait, Go wait, ahead. Who, where was Hinder from? I have no clue. I don't know who that fucking either. is. Uh, <laughs> Hold on. Hey, Siri, where is Hinder from? Who? Baltimore. <laughs> they, 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 the answer they, they, I found is United States of America. <laughs> nice. All right, here's oh, the right. deal. Oh, fuck United States <laughs> of America. Deal. I mean, I mean, John, John fucking, fucking Coltrane was from North Carolina, so everybody else can fuck off. Oh, like, oh, he set yeah. the standard. Okay. In your face. For doing yeah. heroin? You know what? Well, that. Because <laughs> uh, Baltimore has an edge right, on him, listen, all right? Listen, if, if, if Jimi Hendrix says you're his influence, then you win. That's how that works. That's how that fucking <laughs> works. All right, all right, calm down. <laughs> I'm about to get, wait, wait, I'm gonna, get regional. Dude, I'm going to get all much, regional. There's too much to be mad about right now. To, 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 like get <laughs> to mad be mad about, about music yeah. stuff? Yeah.
I got yelled at for getting too drunk last time. And then all these fucking assholes drank all the alcohol. Yeah, but we're not drunk. Yeah. Well, I know, <laughs> but neither <Boom>. am I <laughs> because you all shared it equally, but I didn't get to 1%. Socialism, baby. Right? And that just means nobody gets drunk. Which Not means true. Everybody gets the proper amount of drunk. Suddenly, I'm no longer everybody, in favor. Everybody gets as drunk as they need to be. <laughs> All right. Oh. So collectively, I've had like three shots of this, five beers, and I'm at like what, uh, eight, eight drinks. You were at 18 drinks. <laughs> I know, which just proves how few drinks I've had right now, which is my whole argument. You I've should, had like four so, tequilas right. so and the liquor two beers. Stores, if you go to the liquor store right now and get another no, bottle. no. 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 Yeah. no. Agreed. No. No. Agreed. No. No. Hard no. no. Oh, Jim, Jimmy likes not dying, it turns out. All right, ready? Okay. Everybody do, breathe, ready? I do want to I do want to make a pivot here. So I think Chris is right. This is leaning this is leaning on the dumb Americans comment. But, so goddamn but, dumb. But I do feel like Oh, um, it's the political switch. Yes. Right. Yes. Here we go. Yes. Wait, that's not been switched for like Four years. <laughs> oh snap! Well, you uh, just took three and three so, quarters. No, why don't, you know what, Christian? Take take a moment here and push us in a direction. Yeah, yeah. Push come us on, in come a on, direction. Yeah. This is why coming. Not? This is you this, had the pivot, man. That was the pivot. This episode okay. is coming out on election day. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, on election um, day. Vote. Yeah. Yeah. Just well, vote. no, because, not anymore. It doesn't fucking matter. No, right. Well, it's, it's coming out that morning. So if you're yeah. listening that morning, go and, out and fucking vote. Do your civic duty. You know, I I I have so many people. That I know that didn't vote the last time, and they were telling, trying to defend, justify it. Yeah, mm-hmm. trying to justify their. Yeah. And I'm like, no. And now I just like want to comment to all of them, like, see, yeah, <laughs> see you assholes. Right. Like this is why you're supposed to. Vote. I voted every time since I was 17 years old, and Same. and I voted for Republicans. I voted for every party you could think of. This time I voted blue all the way down for the first time in my life, and I'm an Lifetime independent, but I had to vote blue all the time, all the way down. And I don't think I'll ever vote for another Republican. I don't care if it's Bob Marley or Jesus Christ. <laughs> if they are reincarnated, I, I can't do it. And so, yeah, vote. I'm going to bring this up, not saying that our elections are pointless because they really They're aren't. Not. They're not at all. Not. But I think that there's some diversionary tactic of focusing so heavily on the presidential election where we talked last week about the, you know, electoral college and how we really aren't voting for the president. We're voting for the person we want to vote for our president. Right. So we think we have, or have power through our vote of the president, but really like it's, it's the other votes down the line that are really where our power is at. And I think that, Go vote this election, but also vote remember your duty in the interim elections because terms, all the shit. voting for your your house representative, like that's the shit that really matters, especially yeah. right now, because we need some changes and those are the people who are gonna basically Right. The reason why that you, you can only vote yeah. at one polling station well, in, and, in Texas for forty million well, so, people, whatever they're And, and stats I'm an are, independent, yeah. so I can't vote in primaries. Mm-hmm. And you know, it it, it kind of pisses me off that it's still that way in Maryland yeah. that you can't vote in primaries as yeah. an independent. Yeah. I understand why, but there's other states that, that work it out. Yeah. But <sighs> I registered Democrat just for the uh, possibility I, of doing I, that. Yeah. 
Yeah, only so I can vote in the primary. So yeah. I can vote for. Bernie. I considered myself independent <laughs> up until uh, Obama, because it seemed so clear to me what who I was going to vote for. Right. And so I was like, all right, I'll go ahead and register a Democrat. That way, I can I can get my voice in the next time because I had been stifled up until that point. Yeah. The first election I voted in was '04. Um, because I had turned 18 right after How'd that workout 2000. Yeah. Not real well. <laughs> <laughs> not so great. President def- Kerry was a great president. Yeah. <laughs> I voted for boring McBoring, sir. Yeah. And he didn't win old Rushmore face. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it turns out that's who we would love somebody boring right now. Right. We're right. hoping we get someone yeah, boring. Right. Like, Dude, that's again, go back to the Obama. Uh, uh, okay. Who was it? Fuck. <laughs> Literally, yes, please. Yeah. Can we? Thank you. That's when I still have hope in but, but, but I'm going to raise the stick. But, oh, because, no. to yourself? What, his first election? To my, no, his second election. Against Romney? Romney! Yeah. yeah. All right, if you watch those debates, Obama-Romney, they are... Obromney? Obromney, if you will. <laughs> they have substance. They have substance, and it's just two dudes who think slightly differently about the same things. Except for a binder full of women. That is like a Well, no, like the, like the hockey stuff, like, like obviously Obama was a better candidate because he could convey his thoughts and emotions better. But it also felt, to me at the time, it felt... Oh, me too. It felt myopic. Until... And it felt like the beginnings of what we're now. actually experiencing now. Yeah. yeah. Like it felt like branding. Even Obama too, to be honest, because he couldn't change everything, and he didn't even want to change everything. Well, no, like if you even go back, he to was like, a centrist, dude. The midterms, like totally. we just talked about, are the things that fucked up the things that everybody wanted. Like, oh, why didn't you get healthcare business? Well, because the fucking liberals like to talk about things, and the Republicans are just like, don't kill your babies, and God is great, and that is don't raise point. taxes. That's a good. point. They got three points. That's but, all you got to agree but, on. But if you if you dematerialize nuance, then why why would we fucking why why what are we even trying to do? Like you can't. Well, that's how you win just, elections, right? But you can't like. Unfor- I can't, unfortunately, I, I know, but I can't be on board. With I agree. That. There's I got hundred percent agree. Some other way. I'm just saying that's where we're at now. Uh, in terms, of, that's well, where what we've you been. want is also voter Reagan, suppression. Again, like, our boy Reagan started this. <laughs> no, I don't want voter suppression. But oh, you oh, guys wait. are too young to vote for Reagan. Yeah, Goddamn yeah. right. Yeah. I remember when <laughs> I remember Reagan ran, and I was in school, and and I was in Catholic school, and they were all like, oh, like Reagan, Reagan, Reagan. And of course, I remember the the gas lines with Carter, and, and you know the Carter administration. It was, it was a weird time. Yeah, it's, it's so <laughs> fucked up that that got blamed on Jimmy Carter. Well, yeah, I mean, it well, was a weird time, but context provi- like historical context really is helpful in those situations yeah. though because yeah obviously things were pretty bad like i mean i was <laughs> i wouldn't know from experience but, but i understand <laughs> from the perspective but even, even yeah. from my tiny little like we I'm were alive we just weren't aware yeah but well, it, it's the same like, thing so now christian and i were the same age sure. during during reagan and, yeah. and i remember people saying he was fucking awful yeah yeah, yeah. Like, he was really. across the board <laughs> and now here we are right. and they're like well, fucking, they, they got all the reagan they've, dick in their mouth they, they they've, they've canonized yeah them. but they i mean it's the same thing with margaret thatcher it's like that they're in the same school and it, it's the whole trickle down bullshit conservative like oh it, it's that yeah they they've canonized yeah that it's, kind it's of some sort era. of level of puritanism uh, but Built and, into that, but the, and this is the problem with the Democratic Party is that everybody wants this pure candidate. Doesn't there exist. is they don't no exist. such thing. Yeah. And so I remember people going, "Oh well, no, I'm a Bernie guy. I'm like, yeah, I love Bernie. I think Bernie's cool. I like it. I like plenty of his ideas." But let's move past it. Yeah, <laughs> he's also still an angry old white guy. 
Yeah, like, like he doesn't I, I represent mean, everybody. He, he doesn't can't. represent everybody, but his ideas are popular, it, and 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 that's to like, some people. But he's closer I, to, to Trump a lot than of most. People. He's close, uh, closer. I, I, to his when populist, I knew when I heard I mean, he was running yeah. again, I was pissed. And the reason but I don't why, understand that because I knew he couldn't get it. I knew he, he was never going to get it. He's he was ne- never going to get it. He was never so, going to get it. So it took away energy from yeah. people it who might have been able to do it. So what it does, what it does, is it it moves the conversation to a place where his ideas can be part of that. So but even if his entire even if his entire platform isn't adopted, think of where the Democratic Party is right now as a result, direct result oh, he's, of him. He's I agree. I agree. So he's and you can't be mad about that. No, but no. I can be mad about you him can be running. mad about. I no. What I'm saying is you can be mad about the people who. Are, support him, but only him. But you also have to look at the Democratic Party and that's the efforts point. that they did not make to court those that's people. That's a good point. Maybe, and they, the Democratic Party it. has made a concerted effort, particularly now, in this election yeah, right yeah. now, to court the moderate Republican over the progressive. I, th- I think you're right. I think, I think I think I made his. I'm one of those people. I like. I'm voting for. I'm voting for no, Biden. No, 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 yeah. no, no. I made. Like, I made. I made his. Un, I made, but I made his uneducated. Like, like, for a lack of a better term, his broy supporters, uh, synonymous with who kind he was. Kind of a myth, though. And like, no, it's not. They, no, it's they, not. they exist. They yeah. absolutely yeah, exist. Yeah, but, but they, they exist. I, ev- like, they exist for the Biden camp as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, but, but it, they came been, on so hard Bernie for him. Bros did. Yeah, they, I mean, they're passionate about a lot of things. Yeah, but are, they're mostly passionate yeah. about feeling the same way people feel about Trump, which felt gross to me. I felt awful. It's about different that. though. But like, kicking out Mexicans versus providing everybody health care are not. Well, yes, the same you're right. You're right. I don't mean to false. Well, yeah, look, the cult of personality is is equal on both sides. Mm-hmm. The cult of personality with Obama is the same as the cult of personality with Trump. The difference is Obama had actually depth right. and empathy and, and things that Trump could never have because he's a, a textbook narcissist. Right, and yeah. if you look up narcissist and you read, it's not a sociopath. No, no, no. Because a sociopath is very different than a yeah. narcissist. He's a fucking narcissist. And so... That's the difference is that you've got this this cult of personality in politics in America. But the cult of personality with Trump is literally a cult. Yeah. And the cult of personality with Obama, even though it, it wasn't a cult, but 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 Obama had substance, he had morals, he had empathy. He had decorum that that Trump and an extraordinary individual and and Trump is not a conservative. I voted for Republicans. I understand what conservative true conservatism is. And honestly, I think we need a really strong right wing to counteract the left wing. We that I'm a middle purple motherfucker. I've been independent all my life. It's very important. Now at this point, I'm like, fuck the right wing. Right. Because Anything they're to get so out of that. Yeah. lost. It's, it's so far gone. Yep. So far. I mean, what prediction has the right wing gotten right? They, they, Obama's going to bring Sharia law. All, all yeah. this shit. Everything. He's take everyone's what, guns. What, what, no guns what, in this country. What have they gotten right? Not one thing. No. I'll tell you but what they, they still do. believe and believe and believe and but, believe. But well, we are seeing the culmination of their plan. By with Amy Coney oh, Barrett, oh, it's with, with, no with doubt. deregulation, they are crushing right they now. They have pulled off all the things yep. that twenty years ago they were fantasizing about. Well, but none of them fucking matter to the average American. But, but, oh no, no they. But yeah. this, uh, but no, the average American is is kind of a dumb an fuck. anomaly. It's, it's, <laughs> it, it, I, I'm I'm. You just said dumb fuck, and I, I think we really need to. 
they're not be careful about saying that they're because not, I think that that's right. the I'm, thing that okay. isolates and, and makes yeah you fucking Bernie bro creates <laughs> creates Whoa. the Trump supporter. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm you know I'm not trying to rail on you here. I but, understand, but part of the problem here is dumb fucks need to be called out for but, being but, dumb. But fucks. the thing is, it's it's and the, like but, I but under- dumb fucks to need to be called out for being dumb fucks in a way that doesn't call them dumb fucks. Absolutely, but, but on this show, <laughs> but, but you have to realize you have to realize what's happened though. It's 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 a very Acute manipulation of, of information. So, you, first of all, you have to think about Trump and where he comes from. Mm-hmm. And you have to think about Roy Cohn. Roy, do you know who Roy Cohn is? Roy Cohn, the, the lawyer for Trump's dad, Fred, mm-hmm. and, and, and Trump's mentor. And he is the architect of a lot of the things that have happened here. It's, it's, it's that you never admit a mistake, and anybody who comes after you, you go after them Fivefold. Yeah. You never admit a mistake and you just go. And that's what Trump is. And and as a result, and this has been something that the, the Republican Party learned back in Nixon with Manafort and, and uh, Roger Stone when they were working with Nixon. They realized when Nixon got his ass beat by the Kennedy, I mean, by, by John Kennedy, um, and by the way, how many people got killed by what party? Yeah. Right. The Kennedys. Anyway. You have to think about how they got their asses beat and they realized, oh, this, this venue, television, is, is where it's at. And, and we can lie our way through it. And that's how Roger Ailes and Fox News came through. There's a documentary called The Brainwashing of My Dad. And it's phenomenal. <laughs> They're literally talking about and, my and, dad. And, 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 yeah. It's phenomenal. Dude, my dad too. Yeah. But, when he was but, dying, we couldn't talk. So, so this yeah. is what we're dealing with. The same thing with QAnon. We're, we're dealing with an, something that is intangible if you don't understand history and how it's unfolded over not the past four years. It's, it's past, a con- it is a conspiracy. It, it's the past 50 years that it's been unfolded. Not even and 50, dude. It goes back to like this. this right. The but, origin of this is like the but, Nazis were the first one to really. But, but no, do but, this Nixon, well. but, but Nixon is where this country, where, where especially the Republicans and, and Manafort and Stone and all those people really started to realize this is, this is our venue, television, and we can, we can lie. We can straight up, I mean, Trump lies every day, and they believe everything he does. Yeah. So it, it started decades ago, and now we're, we're seeing the repercussions of it. We're, it's not going to be some easy... Like Everybody's like, oh, if Biden wins. Oh, no. no. It, it's, it's not it, over. It, it's no, no, be, no. But it has nothing to do with reality, right? Right. Like, with things like YouTube and shit like that, like, again, just today, yesterday, I had a, my Frank... Frank, Frank, the flat earther, the flattest of the earthers. He's he fucking has created like like you can you can go online, you can go on YouTube and you can create an alternate universe, which must like if if, like you couldn't do that ten years ago. No, you couldn't. But like, here's the thing about that though. Like like some of these people, the (laughs) Republicans. Fuck it. The Republicans have run you so far into the ground that you have to find a new world to live in. Literally, <laughs> you create a new world that you get to live in, where you get to be the the, the arbiter of truth. Like but you are the fucking person. You're in the charge. only one in on the joke. But yeah. the thing is, which that's, is which, but that's but that's what it is, and it's not your fault, and it's not like you 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 can't you almost can't be blamed for this because like we've created the situation where like you're allowed to have that, and 
It's not that but I feel. What about happen, what happened to the party of personal responsibility? But, but that, like, why can't they? I mean, like, I understand. I I I completely understand. Josh, they're fucking nice. I understand. <laughs> I completely understand with what what uh, where Christian was coming from. Where like. Calling them, p- calling people dumb fucks can be offensive and to dumb fucks. Dumb. Yeah, they're not I think dumb. This they're, is, they're not dumb. They're not dumb. No, I, I, I'm, it's saying, not but necessarily, that, but they're easily manipulated and they're like all the facts that are, are in front of them in the age of information. There's so much information available that they find the things that they think they're the ones that are only in on the joke. But they're not getting the information because of the algorithms and because of right. the news sources that right. they go to. So, so the thing is, so check this out. Mike Sipple, we talked about our drummer, Mike Sipple. He's yep. like, my dad came out to California and he's like, he didn't know any of oh, the shit saying, yeah. that's been going on. He has no clue because he's been watching Fox News. He has no idea about the things that have actually happened. And so, you know, it's hard because I have family members, I have friends, and, and I think about them and I'm like, I know they're good people. I know they're good people yep. at their souls, but they are not getting good information. And so we have an information problem in this country. And Fox News, a fucking limey came over here and fucking created this fucking bullshit propaganda wing that has manipulated half of our... Ha, half of our... Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Australia. But manipulated all the information for these people. And so they, they're not getting their information. And, and if they do... If they get any good information, they're they're going to negate it because this guy is saying. No. Well, and this and, is well, the well, caution of 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 calling right. people dumb or like you know any of it using you know simplifying it to that is that it's not about not being intelligent; it's just about being misinformed. And yeah. in fact, the people that are very intelligent and are also misinformed are almost more dangerous because they are smart enough to come up with very logical reasons why they believe and to the point where they they truly believe it and can convince other people to no, believe you're it. right you're right so in that good will win out over time good will win out over time good night motherfuckers <laughs>